everybody, and welcome to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen. Once again, I am joined alongside by Mr. Ultra David and Mr. Tubaware. How's everybody going out there? I'm doing fantastic. Can we take a moment and recognize James's hair? It's <laughs> gorgeous. Luxurious, even. Look at what he has going on on top of that noggin. Wow. I love it. What about you, Tubaware? How are you doing? I'm I'm great because I'm just imagining like Circa Nikki cross James brutal democracy James Chen. That's like what I'm seeing right now is with the the old Nikki hair. Dude, I, what, Nikki good. like the so the picture that he put up on on you know when we were doing the Ki Insurrection stuff is one of his model pictures where he's standing there. He looks all beautiful in the wind. I keep saying that I need to do the same thing now. You know, <laughs> sure. so what's stopping you? Do it. Oh man, yeah. I've grown my hair out. It's, you know, yay long nowadays, but uh, it is not thick and luxurious like that. It's my, I've always yeah, had you, you can't You can't do it, James. Look, David, David, don't hate me because I'm beautiful, okay? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Right, so, uh, we're going to be talking about some stuff today. We are going to be talking about something that was just announced, Killer Instinct Twitch Rivals, that happened like an hour ago. We'll talk about that. Guilty Gear Strive had a new trailer. We'll talk about that. We're going to talk about how Combo Breaker, unfortunately, is not happening. We have an interview <laughs> with Eli, a.k.a. Bodied Novel, on the Code of Conduct and some of the other stuff that he's been writing lately. We have some 5-5 five, five topics that I think are interesting. We'll talk about this ninja interview where he essentially said it's not his job to parent kids, especially <laughs> or including with respect to racism. Uh, viewer questions are interesting. We have game news. There's some cool stuff to talk about. Patches, for example, other things as well. Community and tournament news. Uh, some of that is, you know, there were some losses this week in the FGC that we'll get to, which is hard news, but there's also good stuff to talk about too. And then at the end, we're doing a mailbag at the end of episodes nowadays. So we have both our 5-5 matchup, uh, viewer questions for FGC-related stuff, and then for non-FGC-related stuff, we have a mailbag that we're going to do each week. We'll talk more about that when it gets to it, but that's something that we're instituting now every show. Wow. Brandon was just smeared to death. Oh, I can't no. Believe. What Ow. happened? Are you getting sucked into <laughs> Tron right now? You know what's serious when David calls me Brandon? That's like that's like his concern name for me. Br Brandon? Brandon, are you okay? Are you getting sucked into Tron? Yeah. I mean, oh, there we go. that's not a bad way to live, right? In Tron? Oh, you know, maybe not. It could be worse. There's a lot worse universes than Tronverse. I, you're right about that. I think you're right about that. All right. So let's begin by talking about Killer Instinct Twitch Rivals. Again, this was just announced. And this is the official title, I'll have you know, is Maximilian Presents Killer Instinct Lives, powered by Twitch Rival. And <laughs> it's it's... Similar to the last one. Well, you know, we'll see how the how everything plays out. But there was a Marvel Twitch Rivals that we there talked was. all about. Marvel 3, Tubbo was in it as well. And lots of other people, you know, old school Marvel players, new school Marvel players. It was great to watch. We all had a blast. The commentary was awesome. Max was involved as well. He had a bunch of people back to do skits on it, which were really great to watch too. Just a really good show, really good event, really good tournament. And I think a couple of us had it in our events of the year. Oh, right? yeah, just, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Really cool, really cool. And FGC gets it again. I'm, I'm really happy to see this. 
Twitch Rivals has been around for a long time. It has done some FGC stuff in the past. But I think it's really great that these two games, Marvel and KI, it's not like they came out this year, okay? These are not like new games. These are games that are just fan favorites that are great to watch, great to play. With Parsec, you can play Marvel Online. KI just has great netcode. You can just play it online, and it's awesome. I've been playing it a lot this year, like I've talked about. It was actually one of my top three games in the Ultra Chen Awards, for example. Yeah, true. So here's who is in it. As far wait, as wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, David. Okay. This is an Ultra Chen TV Tuesday show exclusive. By the way. <laughs> Nobody else has put on Twitch Rivals list yet. This is the first, so you guys are welcome. You're actually right, right about that. Yeah, I looked. I looked around to see whether that was true, whether there were any like compilations of people who who are involved. Uh, apparently, there have been screenshots of like the email that includes like who's in it or whatever. But as far as having it all listed out in an easily digestible way, that's a negative. So, let's do it. Apex, Base, Carnitas, Charbok, Cherries, Crazy Skate Nate, The Chronicle, <laughs> Devil May Care, Element 921, Fire Liger, Freaky Jason, Frost Wolf, Gutter Magic, oh. Hi I'm Keith, Hologram, Calypso, Letalis Venator, Nikki, Qu- Quake Viking, uh, Brandon, Raven is Raw, Samuel D, Sleep, nice. Sonic Dolphin, Swordsman09, Thrash Heavy, Tubbleware, Ultra David, oh! <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> and no. Valorax, Venom Buster, Water Horses, oh, nice. uh, Venino FGC, and Wheels. That's that's a great list. I mean, I'm very happy to be in there. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a bit. But I just want to say, like, that is a list of very strong KI players. Oh, like yeah. a lot of these players have been playing since day one. They've been playing for the last like seven years. And Wait, was super was super good? Was base listed in there? He was. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Just got to make sure, man, because that's, that is, I mean, Gutter Magic, dude. Gutter Magic. Gutter Magic is a guy who was a top player in KI for quite a while. He then basically stopped playing fighting games competitively. Yeah. uh Now he does, I think, Gears. I think he's a Gears player. Maybe he's playing some other first-person shooters nowadays, or shooters nowadays, but uh, I don't know what he's on now, but. It's awesome to see his name back. Absolutely, dude. Because right. like he was, he was my Thunder idol for the longest of time early on. So he was the guy that I followed for Thunder. So, one hundred percent. Yeah. It is hosted by Maximilian, of course, mm-hmm. and the commentators will be Sejam and Shin Tristan, which I'm yep. really happy about as well. See Sejam. that? That is where I feel like I got snubbed. Because who here has actually commentated Killer Instinct within the last week? That's right. Your boy commentating for Nikki FGC's Insurrection, the Killer Instinct. Tur- no, it's fine. You're right, though. <laughs> it's fine. My, my KI commentary at Insurrection, I mean, I, know, I understand the game. I don't know it to that degree, so I definitely did not deserve to be on that list. So well, it's all I, good. Uh, I didn't expect to be contacted as a player either. I'm kind of in David's boat that I would assume that they wanted me to commentate the event. You know, being the only guy that's commentated Combo Breaker twice, no big deal. Um... 
What, but, you mean uh, Killer yeah, Instinct? I just, I just thought... I, I think I've commentated eight. Killer Instinct twice at Combo Breaker. I, I'm, in, I'm in top eight. I'm in oh, okay. Bad. Fair not, enough. Not fool. Fair enough. But uh, no, I, yeah, I, I assumed that, that I would be contacted as a commentator as well. And then Rick asked me to play. I was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm not going to say no, you know. But I wanted to commentate. No, like, yeah, absolutely. I'll play. Let's do it. So the question is, the magic question. Oh, shoot. I didn't even change the topics. That's my bad. I didn't even change okay. the topics. Yeah, one job, James. Sorry. We're scooting in here. Uh, so, but here's my question for you guys. Are you guys not? Are Who who is going 0-2 and, and who is not between the two of you, huh? Looking at this list, I think we both go 0-2. I, I was going to say, I think the most likely outcome is that we both go 0-2. Is that we end up... Because, again, it's like these are like... The best players, <laughs> for sure. Like, these are players who are winning still. Like, somebody's like, Gutter Magic, is he still a good fighting game player? I don't know. Like, I'm not sure. But other players here, they're for sure still top level at this game. And, and yeah, I mean, we're going to get right. eaten alive for sure. And here's, the, here's the thing, David. You would have said the same thing about me in the Marvel Twitch Rivals. And guess who didn't go 0-2? You know, I take it back, James. I'm not going 0-2 anymore. I'm going to go like two and two, three and two, something like that. <laughs> three and two? Just to make David upset. You I'm going to beat some people. There's, well, look, I'd love to see it, but uh, I mean, come on, Bob. Come on, Bob. Look, how can, you how can David win a set when he can't beat me? See, I was, so, I was just about to ask that. When you guys have been practicing, if you yeah. guys got paired up in round number one, who's... I would win 3 0. Absolutely not 3 0. I so would win. We... The closest David has gotten. To a set that we've played has been twenty-two to eleven. It's been, close it's been two to one. one. It's been two to one. However, I have on multiple occasions had strings of three wins in a row. That has happened That's multiple. I get, I get bored and I start doing. That has happened shows. multiple times. So I think you're right that you'd probably win. I would not get three would for sure. Three zero. Absolutely not. Absolutely. You not. only played against like Captain trying to teach you how to play Tubbo. I've been played against. Big brain, big dick, angry Tupperware. Just the last time we played, you were like, all right, I got to take this seriously, huh? You're making me actually try hard now. <laughs> like, I'm giving you props so you then, know that you're improving. You did win a game or two, and then I won a few games in a row. So I just want this to be known that I'm actually getting pretty decent at this game. No, you are. Like, I don't want to make it sound like you're I'm the worst. This game. However, am I going to, like, come out on top when, like, Nikki's there? And, like, just anyway, this entire list of players, like, no, but it's going to be a lot of fun. And and I'm even beyond that, like, I'm just really excited to have been asked to do something as a player. This has happened a couple times lately now. We just talked last week about how Tubbo and I are also in the DMC 3v3, the team tournament yep. for Killer Instinct. And I didn't. Uh, oh, well, anyway, uh, we're both on the team. Uh, in conclusion, I was asked to be part of that. Which is great, and and really cool. And so for that to happen again for this was, I just didn't expect it. You know, again, I assumed when I was contacted that it was going to be a commentary gig. Sure. And yeah. my initial response, yeah, was like, uh, you know, I'm in. On the other hand, you should probably like pick Steven or somebody because you know. But <laughs> uh, but I was willing to do it. But then when it was made clear to me that actually no, like you're going to be a player, I was more excited, more excited because. Commentary is great. I really enjoy it, but it's so rare <laughs> that I get to do something as a player, and and that I feel like I can like actually be doing it as a player. That um, I'm super stoked for that. Yeah, that's cool, man. I'm happy for you. That's awesome. 
So yeah, as far as Sejam and Shin Tristan, I think that's really cool. I wish that we could see Sejam commentate more often. He just like hasn't, well, it's not like he hasn't wanted to, but like he hasn't yeah. been asked to do commentary. And I mean, the, the thing about it is, sucks. honestly, you'd probably either have to hit him up in an area that he has a huge passion for, like Killer Instinct. Yeah. Or you're going to have to offer him more than he can make on his stream right now. <laughs> it's the Eris yeah. situation, right? I mean, this is not the first time this has happened. Eris, a lot of the times, was like, should I fly to this event to make, like, 200 bucks? Or should I stay home right. and make a lot more from subs and ads? So. <laughs> Definitely. But the situation is that nobody's flying anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, and also, I do think that Eris and Sejam are in a little different situations. Sure, Eris gets about 5,000 viewers per stream. Sejam's getting about 1,000. Like, Sejam could probably still profit from a, a decent little, you know, ca uh, commentary game. Not like, from, not from this year. I'm not bitter or anything. I'm not bitter or anything. Oh, God. Happy to see him commentating again. He's a great commentator. He loves yeah. this game. He used to be a player who made top eight in this game. Mm -hmm, Same with mm -hmm. Tristan. So that's super cool. Looking forward to watching it on both sides. There's not a lot of other detail, as far as I'm aware, at least, in terms of how this is going. I don't know what the bracket is, for example. Is Max going to be doing skits and stuff again? I don't know. Like, I don't. I, I, I hope so because I thought it was really funny last time. But yeah, you know, it's like like Twitch Rivals always does. The format that they always have is there's a mainstream, and then each player streams their own path. So I'll be streaming on this channel when that's happening. Tubware is going to be streaming on Tubware oh, when that's. You're going to stream on Ultra Chen. I was going to stream on Ultra Chen that night. It'd be cool if we could do it both. In if, a way you wanna, if you want to, if you want to stream on Tubware, <laughs> we'll have to talk about that. Maybe that could be kind of cool if we could make that happen. You know what? First the three right now to find out who can, <laughs> who gets the stream on Ultra Chen he, TV. You can have it. I'll. You can have that one. I'd rather stream on my channel and be a fool. <laughs> I just hope. Oh, I see the Hado in the chat. Maybe he can confirm this. This might be NDA. But I really, really hope that Max and everybody has gotten the uh, rights for Orchid's original song so we can just be blasting, Killer, killer, she's a killer, all day, dude. Like, seriously, that's what we need. That The stream, if it doesn't have that song, like, 24-7, I think it'll consider it a failure. That's all. Is I'm that saying. Yeah, game? that's what everybody will consider it a failure. If it doesn't have that one song, <laughs> it's the worst event of the year. Look, man, you know what they were able to do with right situation for the last Twitch rivals? Yeah, they got yeah. Marvel to say okay. I they got Capcom to say okay. They got both of those to be okay with Parsec as well. Like anything's possible as far as I'm Oh man, that's right. See that if they can't get the rights to the official song, just get me in there, and then I'll just be able to go, you know, all day, and and I can I can handle it for everybody. There you go. <laughs> it is exciting. This is going to be on February first. That's next Monday, right? Which is in a week. Oh dang! Okay. Yeah, next Monday. And it's at, I believe, 4 p.m. as well. Let me check the email on that. 4 p.m. PST. Yep, 4 p.m. Pacific time. Oh, no, I'm sorry. 
that was that's for a different part of this. Uh, Rick, what time is that happening? That was actually for the. Are you sure? I thought the I thought that also started at that time. Oh, does it? Okay, let me. That's what the tweet says. It always runs into oh. my Soul Caliber right. time. You're right. You're right. February first at four p.m. Pacific time on twitch.tv slash Maximilian underscore dude, Max's channel. That's, again, the mainstream. But if you'd like to follow along with anybody's individual stream, we'll all be streaming. Okay. Gonna be cool. I am dope. Uh, my, my biggest goal, honestly, is to steal a round. I want to come into the second round with, like, 10% health on my final life bar and just take that on the other guy's life bar. And then I want to activate instinct and then I want to do two mix-ups, and I want to take 98% damage from them. I mean, you could do one mix and take 98% damage. <laughs> it's practical. It, yeah, it's totally plausible. Well, LCD in the chat is asking for the list of names again here. So do you want to repeat the list of names here? Sure, I'll repeat the list of names, yes. Apex, Base, Carnitas, Charbok, Cherries, Crazy Skate Nate, Da Chronicle, Devil May Care, Element 921, Fire Liger, Freaky Jason, Frost Wolf, Gutter Magic, High I'm Keith, Hologram, Calypso, Letalis, Nikki, Quake Viking, Raven is Raw, Samuel D, Sleep, Sonic Dolphin, Swordsman 09, Thrash Heavy, Tuboware, Ultra David, Valorax, Venom Buster, Water Horses, Venino, FGC, and Wheels. Where is Alex V? <laughs> Pretty good lineup. Where is Alex V is in the land of people just finally know who I am because I won a tournament. Because he's that... a very strong player, obviously. Dude, he's been that's killing not, not a, it with yeah, Rash. That's not, a, that's not a bash on him. It's just recently he's become the man. So it's right. like, if you're planning an event for X amount of time, you can't just go, oh, let me squeeze this guy right. in there. It's not how it works. But he, he definitely deserves a spot. He's been killing it. Yeah, he's been winning a lot of the, the, the insurrection events uh, that Nikki's been running, and he has just been... Rash is a problem, man. <laughs> I know. Tubbleware plays Rash, so that's been my, my main yep. training partner. That character, even when Tubbleware uses him, is really strong. Yeah. That character's good. And, uh... and I make him look better. It's <laughs> uh... on commentary, and it's Stajam and Shin Tristan. Right. All right. Cool. I guess next week we'll be talking about how that went because that is Monday. Nice. Monday okay. at 4 p.m. Pacific time. All right. Oops. I do have... I need to scroll David down just a little bit here. Yeah, a lot of good players in that. That is for sure. Which is good. Which is, I mean, obviously oh, yeah. it means that they've been paying attention to, you know, who's actually in the, you know... Like they talk to the community to make sure they have the right people in there. So, like obviously, I'm the influencer. I get it. I know it's okay. I understand. <laughs> I was actually just about to say there was more influencers in the Marvel event than this one. Right, right. Like right. this, I think overall as a tournament, this is a harder event. Oh yeah, hundred percent it is. So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun to not go O two again. That's the goal. God, I I you hope you'll have to ask somebody else how that feels. I, I really <laughs> hope. I hope that I lose my first match and you lose your first match, and it lines up just in the way that we end up playing. 
Oh, I can hold I that mean, over your head for the rest of your life. The best thing about that is it would guarantee at least that both of you don't go 0-2, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, that's true as well. I'm actually, I'm down with that. That's true as well. A little bit of teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, uh, then we will continue to be you free TV. <laughs> right. <laughs> <sighs> Sadness. All righty. So move on to the next one because we kind of got into that a little later sure that was enough time there was a new trailer out for guilty gear strive it's the game modes trailer and in that it talks about well the game modes it has all the stuff that you expect essentially it's got arcade mode it's got uh, mission mode it has training mode and it has online play and it has a story mode and it's you know it does, it, yeah they told me to shut my mouth yeah last week i was like i didn't see story mode in there <laughs> yeah but nicely they even have an online training mode <laughs> which is huge in my opinion they also have it so that you don't just need to do the little online pixelated lobby looking thing if you want to play online mm -hmm. you can also just do that right from the menu you could also do that while waiting in training mode. Yeah. Waiting for online matches. So you're not forced to go into this little little dude with the sword trying to fight someone. Yeah, but they around. didn't really cover how you create a lobby for you and some friends. I think that might be the little dude with the sword no matter what. Right. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Yeah, there wasn't a ton of detail. It was just like a five-minute video, and it was going over all these different modes. So they didn't go into like a ton of detail on any one of them. Uh, they did say in the one-player arcade mode, Naughty Senpai, that uh, a friend can come in and help you in the match. So there is some weird tag-teamy thing in the one-player mode that I almost feel like they're just trying out to see what people think of it. And I wonder if in the future they might try to make that more of an official feature or something like well, they, that. They already announced that, James. They, they said there will be a 2v2 mode, but only for PS5. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. okay. But there is a 2v2, like, okay. whatever battle you want to call it, where there's four characters on screen going bonkers. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, PS5 is probably only strong enough, the only one strong enough to be able to handle yeah, that. That's what I would yeah. imagine. But also, there is crossplay between PS5 yeah. and PS4. So that's important to me because I'm not buying a PS5 right now. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to be cut off from my friends and have one. So I'm glad that you can play between the two. Yeah. So you're willing to get the version that does not have the team-based play, huh? Uh, play yeah. I mean, unless somebody wants to buy me a PS5, then yeah, I'm, I'm more than willing to let that mode go. Okay. Yeah. Same. I'm in, uh, I got my trusty old original edition PlayStation 4. It's been good to me all this time. You know, I never go bought a, spl a Slim or anything I, like yeah, that. I have original as well. Same. So it's still good. No, it's not for us. It's not even necessarily finding PS5s. It's uh, affording them. <laughs> <laughs> it's not important to me. I mean, there's nothing. There's not nothing, but there's very little that I could get on a PS5 that I can't just still get on PS4 or PC. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But that's not about Strive. What what other game yeah. modes were shown? So Do right, the so there's the there's the arcade mode, which has. So, like a limited story mode, I guess, as well, uh, yeah. is what they were saying. And then there's also story story mode, mm -hmm. which is without matches. It's, it just sounds like it's like a yep. TV series or something. That's that that's how Exerd was. That's how Exerd ah, was. Okay. You just yeah, sit there and watch cool. it, and you got save points that you could stop and then just 
continue oh. up again. Swear to God, that thing was like eight hours. <laughs> it was, was, it really it, it was long. <laughs> but uh, I mean, what I'm interested in is see what they can do to expand on it because the story mode was really interesting before. I mean, I can't even remember half the stuff that happened because it's a Guilty Gear story. But like even when the characters clash during the story, like they had like little small choreographed fights. I got to imagine with the stronger engine now that they might be able to do like super cool things. But uh, I'm interested to see how they handle the the story mode this time. So, and I liked how they talked about it on the trailer. They separated it into people who want to play matches or people who who want to yeah. play one player match, and people who want to do people who just like want to play against other people, competitive people, mm -hmm. and then people who just care about the larger world, like the story mode, the fact that you yeah. can see all sorts of like behind the scenes art yeah. and other the soundtracks playing on there as well. Get the songs. So I like that they're taking, you know, care to look at each of the different sorts of people who buy fighting games. Sure. Whereas I feel like some other companies in the past have been too focused on one or the other yeah. kind of, and they're they're looking at all of them, which is a really really good sign I think for getting getting more people accessibility, not in the sense of how the gameplay is going to play, but accessibility for other people who care about yeah. other stuff than just the core game. And, and, and honestly, this is where, like, I'm actually getting kind of frustrated with the community, you know, sitting there talking about how much they hate the, the pixel lobbies and all that stuff like that. I actually think the pixel lobby thing is genius, okay? Like, I know that in the beta, it was implemented very poorly. There was a lot of bugs. And as a QA person, I totally see why they didn't think that 17 people would line up on a stack because they just knew not to do that in their own universal, like, in their own in-house test. Like, dude, that stuff happens all the time. And so, like... I remember when I offered my feedback, I gave a bunch of feedback on how to do it right, but I think it's a really smart thing that they're trying to do. It gives you a little more personality to the avatars that you use, makes it feel more like you're in a world, you know, have cool little costumes and stuff like that. I think if they implement it well, especially because there was also parts of the background that clearly looked like there was something, like one of them was like a real estate shop or something that was on the side that did right. nothing and so i feel like that they're going to add a lot more that we're not aware of like maybe you can buy homes and that's how you host your lobbies and you can invite people to your house and have cool furniture in there or whatever i just i think it's a neat idea and and i i'm and that they have the option to do it without it so you can be the hardcore guy but I think it'll open up a lot of accessibility to more casual players. And I think it's a neat idea. And I, 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 I'm glad they're trying crazy stuff. I'm glad they're trying to do something different and try something different because I have long said that the online experience in fighting games is absolutely one of the most masochistic and miserable experiences in video game history. So I'm glad to see that they're trying to do stuff to make it more enjoyable. So, And I know that those lobbies can work because I've played them fight, them's fighting hurts, mm -hmm. which is very similar to that, right? right? You have a little pixel, yeah. lo pixel lobby dude that you can run around and meet people with. There's other little side games in that as well. I don't know, maybe Arxis is gonna do that. Who right. knows? Uh, I definitely think that there could be cool things out of it. I also know that for me, as somebody who's primarily gonna be concerned about the actual matches, I will. I want a way, and I'm happy to know that there is a way, I guess, 
to just hop into matches without yeah. having to go through the whole the whole rigmarole. Yeah, well, I, mean, I mean, honestly, I, I say that I am somebody who cares mostly about gameplay. I probably will want to make my dudes look cool because <laughs> I do that in other games in, in NRS. Uh, I have all the time just let the CPU grind towers for myself <laughs> just so that I can get better-looking outfits for my dolls. And I, and I like dressing up my little dollies. It's cool. So I'll probably do the same for Strive, to be yeah. honest. I mean, for I me... You Robocop your doll. Yes, I have a Robocop doll. <laughs> a rocket doll. I got all sorts of dolls. And they're very pretty. Uh, I mean, like I said, I... I will probably never use a lobby because for me, it's just more important to wait for matches in training mode because I'd rather be testing stuff in between matches. But like I said, I just think it's a neat idea. I mean, if it gives the ability to... Like, I had made suggestions that if you see two people battling, you could see them fight. You can actually run up to the... You should be able to... I mean, they're probably not going to do a lot of this stuff, but this is opening, paving the way for potential. Like, you can... Like, let's say you do get furniture items for your home. You can actually play a match to wager furniture. Like, I'm wagering this cool painting of Dizzy for you know this and so someone else wages you fight and a little bright thing will fly above their head like a wager match and then you can people can run up to it and actually start to watch it just to see what happened like that's what you're opening up to by creating a world in which you actually see the other people playing and see when they're fighting and have the ability to run over like that kind of stuff i think would be that's where we need to go to and it creates a community atmosphere and that's what I'm hoping this leads to. It's probably not going to be perfect. In fact, there's a high chance that it'll probably suck and nobody uses it. But if they, I just, I'm glad they're trying something and to give yeah. other people ideas, basically. So that's, that's. I am, I'm super into the idea of watching a virtual Pogs match playing for keeps. That would be <laughs> so cool. <laughs> playing marbles for keeps, playing Pogs for keeps. That'd be great. And especially if it's something that you could actually see, like what if somebody, what if you're playing for your hat? You got a real cool hat. Right. Uh -huh. Somebody else wants it, and that hat like goes from your head to the other yeah. side. <laughs> so long. I have to walk around this little lobby with the other person strutting around with my hat. Anyway, I don't know if any of this is gonna happen. But it is, you, you lose your hat there, you you rage quit. You're done. You're turning off. <laughs> you're walking out. Max, exactly. my hat's on. Oh. But that's the, that's the beautiful thing, right? Like that's the, and make it so that if you both wager and someone rage quits, then you both lose the item for like 24 hours or something like that. So that, so that way if it. Then you just walk on rage quitting wager matches to make people lose their stuff for 24 hours. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Let's play for that couch, dog. Bam, bam, bam. Fighting game players, man, they'll always find a way to figure out a way to grief each other. I'm gonna troll, yeah, I'm gonna troll the shit out of you. Oh, oh, man. Man. You're not sitting down on that couch for at least one day. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, like I said, it's probably not gonna do a lot of that stuff. A lot of that's not gonna happen. But like I said, as long as it's opening up the window to that and and starting to give people more of an idea, because the one thing I can tell you about Arxis is they're usually pretty good at figuring out something and then keep doing it better and better in the next few games that they keep coming up with. Although I feel like the Dragon Ball was a regression having no menu at all. That was definitely oh, kind of Dragon right. Ball does have a menu. It, it does have a menu. menu. It just is not obvious. Right. And okay, like okay. L2 and do a dance and yeah. play <laughs> weird. Right. Weird. It does have a menu. Okay, yeah, okay. It's weird though, for sure. 
But yeah, in any case, that's how did, I feel did, about it. So, did Exert have the ability to get a match going while you're waiting in training mode? No, I don't recall. I don't think so. I don't oh, think so, so because the way yeah that's an upgrade so the way guilty gear works is like you had to set up like these you had to go into specific lobbies or something like maybe it did actually did it i don't think it did raf said no raf says no punks but tc punks says yes everyone's lying to me oh you had to leave it play someone what oh you could be in a training mode in a player lobby. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. In the lobby, there was a there was a training mode cabinet off to the side. So yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, different. Yeah. That's much different than yeah, 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 you have yeah. a new challenge and you go right, straight to the yeah, match yeah, and you yeah, go yeah. back to training mode after. Got it. Well, some people are saying that they used to. I guess one of the problems is that nobody plays ranked. <laughs> So no, I don't think that'll remain true in Strive, though. No, not in Strive. No, 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 no. For sure, for sure. So. Now that the netcode is going to be good, yeah, people will actually play it. So yeah, people are going to care to play yeah. ranked. No, that's true. But, that's true. Probably we didn't know, or I didn't know, because no one waited in trading mode <laughs> because there was literally no point. Nobody ever played ranked in any yeah, of the Arxis games, ranked. basically. Yeah, that's right. I played tag a bunch, and that that died very quickly. Yeah, yeah people play specifically in other matches. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. Cool. Well, anything else to say about Guilty Gear Strive and the modes? Uh, I mean, the only the last thing I'll say is just that uh, UI is not great still. Probably going to remain that way, but it's still better than what it was than we saw during the beta, so I'll take it for now. So, um, I, uh, I started off real not excited for Strive, and then the beta came out, and I was less excited. And now I'm, like, super pumped for the game because I've been watching footage of, like, the updated version. Uh, they put out a couple months ago where Goichi and Dogra and other people yeah. participated in showing off. The game looks so much better now. Mm -hmm. Like, the way Gatlings work and, and things like that, just I'm very, very excited to play this game. Like, mm -hmm. I, I'm probably going to go hard for at least six months and see what happens. Yeah, that's right. The, the, the uh, Shinny Zack on Twitter apparently had access to some of the tests that they've been running and the the connections he said from na to japan were working great even for high level players so, no way so. I'll, I'll believe that when i see it north america to japan i'll believe that when i see it that's like I'm, ki quality so right i was saying that's better than ki like that it's tough to play hard. people in japan so i mean on the west coast to play with people in japan i have done that in ki and in Skullgirls. I'm definitely not doing that here Somebody in the middle. Else. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. David's oh, a little closer. Altamore patch. patch. Yeah, you're thousands of miles away from here, so yeah, that would definitely be worth right. sure. But it is, it is conceivable. I just am not going to put mm -hmm. any like hope on that, that the netcode is going to be that good. Hopefully. But also, I'm not thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, if it ends up that that's the case, <laughs> I'll be happy without having any expectations yeah. that it will be. I, someone told me that they said that they're using a lot of uh the 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 plus r net code stuff that they got and uh for this Wait. as well <laughs> so i don't know how that works because obviously the plus r stuff i feel like they only just got recently so i don't know what that means exactly but whatever the case is if it's rollback netcode and it's good and in zynac we trust you know let's let's just hope that this works out so 
Oh, they're not using I, the plus R netco at all. That's been confirmed. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay. I, I find that's true, but if you ever watch those sets, they're extremely laggy. Yeah, they they roll back all over the place. Yeah. But CJA does try to play Americans all the time. He just doesn't care. He just loves Marvel Infinite, so he just plays. <laughs> I mean, uh, that was the same case in some of the KI tournaments. I think there was some players like playing from Europe and stuff, and you know, they're yeah. like, you know, we know the connection's not going to be great, but we just love this game. So. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. All right, we did it. All right, cool. Thanks to Shoegazer Jimmy for the subscription for 49 straight months. Did it show up on the screen just now? Actually, I just finally re-added the alerts again because I realized we haven't... Let me see if I can... Ah, there it is, yes. And we have no graphics for it. Interesting, okay. <laughs> what happened to our animated uh, GIF? Some different stuff now. I think you have to have like a like a paid version of it to get access to changing the alert box. Do you? So I'm gonna, I just, I literally found this out today just before the stream started. So I'll look into that. Oh, dang. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> well, Raph gifted two subs as well. Shout outs to Raph. Of course, Thanks, one, of the, Raph. one of the unsung hero commentators out there in the FGC. Not just oh, saying that because he subbed to, actually I am, I am. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I love you, Raph. I love you, Raph. It's... I'm just being a jerk. Anyways, next topic. <laughs> Alright, Cool, let's take it down a notch by talking about this news. <sighs> it's, it's gonna be downhill from this point, I feel like, a little bit, so... There's some rough stuff, for sure. But this is not something that is unexpected. This news, as you can see on the screen, is that Combo Breaker 2021 is cancelled. Here's the statement. Due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic and following government guidance regarding mass indoor gatherings in 2021, we are confirming today that Combo Breaker is unable to host its annual convention this Memorial Day weekend. The ongoing, size, uh, the ongoing impact of COVID-19 has made safely hosting an indoor event of Combo Breaker's size impossible this May in Illinois, and Illinois is our home. Last year, when Combo Breaker was canceled for 2020, we believed we would be gathering together to play games again later this spring. To accept that life has other plans for us is deeply frustrating. For sure. Uh, it also says that everyone who carried their 2020 room reservation at the Schomburg Renaissance Hotel through to Combo Breaker 2021, if you recall, if you had reservations there for the 2020 event, that was then rolled over to 2021. You could cancel if you want, but you know, if not, then it would just be rolled over. Now that has been automatically canceled and your deposit will be returned. Um, you know, it goes on to talk about how it's been a huge thing in everybody's lives and it's been in a communal event been tying people together it's it's a great event obviously you know we all we all miss it it's yeah, i mean for all of us one of our favorite events of the year and again not gonna happen this year i mean for obviously a lot of us we're sad about it but rick is a person who gives it his all you know he is a very passionate person he wears his heart on his sleeve a lot I know this is killing him. I know this is absolutely killing him. And everybody here is like, don't worry. We'll follow you whenever the next event is. We support you and everything like that. But for Rick, it's not about that. It's about just being able to put on an awesome event for people to go and hang out and have a great time and not being able to do that. You know, I know it's rough for him. And so, you know, Rick, I know it probably doesn't, I, it only softens the blow a little bit, but again, we understand, we know it's the right decision, and we love you, and we will definitely be waiting for whatever you have in store for us in the future for the FGC. So, As far as for this year, 
uh, it says over Memorial Day 2021, we'll be we will be keeping the spirit of Combo Breaker alive with a multi-day digital festival. So right. you know, just cool they, stuff. they'll be doing something. They did something last time. They had a retrospective of yeah. previous years, and it was cool to watch. I enjoyed watching. Say Jam ate a bunch of hot dogs. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as far as this year, it's not going to happen offline. But you know, keep keep an eye on this to see what they do <sighs> do online. You said do do. I sure did, man. And I knew it uh, as I was saying it, but it was too late for myself. No, you Inside you figured it was happening. You embraced it, David. Let's be honest, right? You found out you were about to say doo-doo and you are like, doo-doo. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I'm letting it rip. I felt the doo-doo come out of my mouth and I was real happy to let it slide. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. This is uh, this is the second year in a row now Christmas is being taken from me. Like, this is... Combo Breaker I'm, is I've, legitimately... I've erased <laughs> David here. So... <laughs> Legitimately, my Christmas. Um, it sucks. It's the right thing to do, but it sucks. Yeah. I feel terrible for Rick and the entire family. I mean, that just, yeah. Make sure you guys watch stuff. Make sure you buy merch. Yeah. Make sure Combo Breaker happens in 2022. Um, and Jesus fucking Christ, wear your mask. <laughs> wear your mask. Like, Social distance, please. people have died. We've lost all of our or all of our tournaments for, it's going to be two years now. Like, I can't believe the FGC is surviving through this. It's great that we are. But holy shit, if you go outside, wash your hands and wear a mask. Like, just yeah. stop it. Stop it at this point. And I don't care if you're vaccinated. Wear a mask anyways. Yeah. Don't you spread have that to. shit. You have to. If you're, yeah, don't if you're... spread that shit. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Honestly, like... Like I said, halfway through the year last year, I was like, the way that we're handling this, I wouldn't be surprised if all of 2021 was erased. If 2021 isn't just going to be 2020 Champion Edition, you know, and it's I it's mean, been yeah. a rough one. It was definitely something we all knew was a possibility, and it went as badly yeah. as everybody thought. Anyway, mm -hmm. uh, it sucks. It's not going to happen this time. Thanks to Balbury for the subscription. Seven months. And then thanks to King Vasuki, who subscribes for 10 months and says... Those are the jokes that make me subscribe. Well, you're very welcome. No, he's talking about me erasing you from the screen. So oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> okay. In that case, well, anything else to say on this topic? Look, basically, just before we get off it, I guess, assume that this is the case for the rest of the stuff. Yeah. yeah. Maybe at the end, there's going to be... It's, it's conceivable. It's plausible that we could have events in... I don't know, October of 2021, something like that, right? Like that's in December of 2021. Like that is conceivable. Anything that's <laughs> planned in summertime, springtime certainly is gone. Summertime almost certainly gone. Fallism could be. And then winter's like actually <laughs> maybe, but it's not going to be for quite a while yet. Just yeah. Assume that. I'm sure everybody understands. There will be some invitationals here and there, but and there were before as well, but those have to be very small and they're rare and I'm sure that will be con continuing to be the case as well. Yeah. All right. Let's get good net code out there, man. Let's do it. So, all right. Okay, but uh, you know, last week we talked a little bit about the code of conduct. 
Uh, David got to mention that a little bit, but uh, actually we're going to bring on Body Novel after the break, uh, who's been doing a lot of work on the Code of Conduct. So, uh, you know, we'll be, you'll be able to ask him questions in the chat and all that stuff like that. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be bringing on Body Novel to talk some more about the Code of Conduct. Do not go anywhere, guys. Be right back. Do do. Is that you don't? Is that what you do? Do uh, never mind. Okay, that didn't work. Okay. What we do do for love? We tried everything. See, this time it's Tubo singing, not me. So I'm I'm actually happy. Won't give up. I'm happy. That's because I took a nap right before we got on here. <laughs> oh, I'm very energetic. All right. Okay. All right. I mean, I don't care. Maybe you don't. What? Here, David Pee Pee, you said? What? Yeah, David Pee Pee. Doo Doo Pee Pee, Baby Shark. <laughs> this is what you get for coming onto the show. You probably yeah, thought we were all. Everyone's gonna be so proud of me. You probably thought we were all professional and everything, <laughs> but you know. FBC, no, that's the. No. <laughs> I'm not under that uh, uh, illusion anymore. Baby shark, do 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 do. Ultra oh, David, do 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 do. Uh, <laughs> okay, now we're canceled for sure. Uh, Is oh. that a copyright strike or? Probably. My baby boy has decided to show up here today. Oh hi, James. I didn't know that you were a QA. I thought you were a developer. I was a QA when I first started in software, and then I became yeah. like a QA engineer. So I was doing automation, so I was creating yeah, yeah, tools yeah. for uh, QA and stuff like that. But I've yeah. never lost my sympathies for QA. I've never lost my <laughs> QA mindset, you know, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. So I'm yeah. always very That's what I do with the reason why um, I'm yeah, no, I have so yeah. much sympathy for QA because of my QA background and I know how much QA just gets disrespected and shitted on. <laughs> yeah, I worked one job where it was really good and it was early in my career and I was like, I don't know what everyone's talking about and every job since then has been like, dear God. We had a, we, we hired someone to be our QA director at our company. And it was the first time we ever had like a true, like QA lead with clout who could like fight for stuff. And he lasted about a year. And I think he got let go because the dev got tired of him actually oh, no. like flexing muscle. Like yeah. they would, they would be like, can we ship this product by this date? And he would be like, what feature are you dropping? And they'd be like, no, we want all of the features in there and get a 98% pass rate by this month. And yeah. he's like, what feature are you dropping? And he's like, none. <laughs> okay, then no, we can't. We're going to push the day back. And they were like, no, we want you to get people to work more hours. And he was like, no. <laughs> and then he left. Uh, then he magically disappeared after a short amount of time. Yeah. So, magically. Yeah. yeah. Early, early at this job that I'm currently working, uh, we have like a three-month release cycle. And early in this job, I was like, well, we missed our code freeze by like two weeks. So you should expect that the release should also be delayed by two <laughs> weeks. And they were like, are you kidding? We're not doing that. And I was like, well, <laughs> what is, what is, what are we doing here? Yeah, yeah I, for sure. Uh, Hi, all. You're back, David. Yeah, I've been back. Okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I've been hearing you guys 
talking. I thought you were taking a do 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 do. One of the one of my last stories about this is even when I was a developer, one of our managers was like, "How many sprints will it take you guys to develop this feature?" And we all talked about it, and I was like, three sprints." And our our manager was like, "Why would it take so long? It should only be two sprints." And we're like, "Uh, you asked us our estimate, and it's hard." And he's like. No, figure out how to make it two sprints. And we're like, ah. So we made it two sprints. And after two sprints, we weren't done. And he was like, why aren't you guys done yet? And I literally looked at him and I was like, you're the reason why we haven't set to two sprints. We said three sprints. You can't be mad at us for forcing it. And then I suddenly didn't work there anymore. So, you know. Corporate <laughs> yeah. America is a magical world, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's why I have so much sympathy for a lot of these dev companies, probably more than oh I God. should. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, the people who work there have to be... I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Let's get back. Let's talk about some other stuff here. <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Tuesday Show. Of course, I'm James Chen, joined by Mr. Ultra David, Mr. Tubaware. Let's move on to the next subject here. We're going to be talking with uh, Body Novel, a.k.a., uh, well, I should say Eli, a.k.a. Body Novel, uh, about the Code of Conduct. So let's bring him on here. Uh, oops, What's I forgot happening? to apply the change What's here. Happening? Apply the change. There you go. Okay. Hey. There we go. <laughs> so uh, obviously we talked about the Code of Conduct a little bit last week. Uh, Eli, uh, tell us what your role on the FGC Code of Conduct is. Sure. So the first thing that I am is sort of the Discord like maintenance guy. Um, so I began this Discord for tournament organizers probably about a year and a half ago at this point, thereabouts. Um, without thinking of doing anything Code of Conduct related, it was really just sort of a place for TOs to come and share knowledge so that they didn't have to reinvent the wheel every time they wanted to hold an event. Um, when all of this stuff went down over the summer, uh, one of the members of the Discord um, DM'd me and said, hey, you should uh, open this up for talk about something, some sort of response on the community's part to mm -hmm. all of these um, events that have happened. So we did that. Um, so the, like I said, the first chunk of what I'm doing is, is what I've been doing this whole time, which is just sort of maintaining the discord as best I can. Um, I've also been sort of a facilitator. So, uh, after we welcomed in a couple hundred more, uh, TOs to the discord, um, I got pinged in one afternoon on like a Thursday or something. And they <laughs> said, uh, Hey bodied, we want you to, um, moderate this call that we're going to have tonight at like six. And it was oh. like four. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun. Um, and that was not my, like, I I thought that the TOs themselves would handle it. Like, I'm not a TO. I don't have experience TOing. Um, I didn't, I still don't really consider myself like an authority in the things that make tournaments run. Um, so I sort of figured that someone else would be doing that, but uh, they, they threw it on me. So I was like, okay, let's just do this and see what happens. Um, so I just sort of facilitate as best I can. Um, I've been trying to get new membership. I've been trying to, um, and we've organized people into committees. Um, I've run a lot of calls. I have uh, done some basic like documentation for us. I'm going to continue to do more documentation. 
Um, if there are conversations that people have that don't seem to be going anywhere, I try to step in and facilitate as best I can um, to make sure that the conversations stay productive. Um, I really like, I, I joke that I'm a tournament organizer organizer at this point, <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of the, if you wanted to put a label on it, that's what the label would be. Dang. So you are the, wa- the, 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 the watchman that watches the watchman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. I literally asked who that was last week, David, and you didn't give me an answer. You could have said, oh, it's my boy. Uh, well, it, it, it body novel. Yeah. He, he's trying not to take too much credit, but, um, he definitely has done a lot of the work on getting people to actually like get together and, and do stuff. And I mean, it's been, look, there are a lot of people in that discord that he's talking about that ended up kind of turning into this, uh, FGCOC, but people have stuff going on and can't be in there all the time. I'm not in there every day either. Like it's, there's a lot of things that are happening for each of us. So as far as like getting actual productive stuff happening over time, he's been doing a lot of that stuff. I mean, really like that, uh, uh, huge motivator in how this has all turned out and you know the call you're talking about where you began moderating it was just really nice to have somebody who was like almost a third party in it to like mm. handle it from that side of things that was really helpful uh, as, oh, as well you, you've been doing a great job on it thank you i appreciate it um yeah i mean the, right so to go back to sort of what we were talking about over the break um i i've you know worked in a lot of different team environments at this point and i've always sort of been drawn to team activities um at least the ones that work well and i, I yeah I've, in everything that i do i try really hard to make sure that people um not only get along as best they can but like are are working towards something i feel like people I have a special energy when they're united in pursuit of a common goal. So yeah, I, I've been trying to keep that uh, energy as best I can. Uh, so how did you, how did you come to have a discord that ended up turning into this just from, from <laughs> even the further beginnings? Sure. Um, so this goes back to maybe another topic that we'll get to, but uh, I'm also a writer for toptier.gg and I've been doing this series called Unsung Heroes of the FGC. One of the very first people that I interviewed for that series um, was a TO at the time. He sort of shifted towards commentary now, uh, a guy by the name of Nagaremi. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, uh, who started off, he was in like Rochester doing stuff for a college there and then helping with uh, uh, R Street Fighter online local. Um, and again, he and I were um, were talking about uh, his experience um, trying to run events and, and support the FGC in that way. And he said, like, there are a lot of questions where I wish uh, I could have gone to a resource of like, you know, common questions for TOs or FAQs or like a mentor or something like that. And uh, like an idiot, I said, oh, someone should really do that. <laughs> someone should create one of those things. And he said, yeah, why don't you do it? And so I, that's what happened. Um, okay. I was really trying to get, get him to step up and uh, no, it got, I got the Aegis reflector. Like, <laughs> frame one of that. Yeah, I ate yeah. the reversal. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as far as this code of conduct that has ended up happening. Can you talk to me about your conception of the need for it, whether there's a need for it? Mm-hmm. And then, well, I guess let's start there. We'll talk about the remainder of it and how it's gone after that. Sure. Okay. So uh, yeah, I mean, I think 
At this point, anybody who doesn't think that there's a need for it either hasn't been paying attention or has some very suspect ideas about um, how to live in the world and move through the world. Um, mm -hmm. The things that we have been witness to, um, especially over the past year, but not just over the past year. I mean, the, the FGC, just like every community, has always had its problems. I'm not ever going to sugarcoat anything and say that like, oh, my gosh, the FGC is so special and unique and we just all have such pure hearts. Like. Every human enterprise is going to be populated by humans, and mm. humans are always going to be significantly less than perfect. Um, in my opinion, the the stuff that happened last year is the sort of the breaking point. But the, I feel like there's always sort of been a need for something like this. Um, and in in my mind, actually, it's not just one need. I feel like what we're doing in in the project sort of addresses three different needs. And I feel like a lot of the people who have commented on our sort of coming out party that we had um, are people who don't necessarily have commented negatively anyway, are, are people who don't see the value for some of those needs. And it's it's different every time. So the three that, that I had in mind sort of from the get-go, um, the first obviously was to put out like a standard set of expectations that everybody should adhere to um, that are sort of like um, a good guideline for just basic how to treat other humans. Um, again, it's you sort of don't want to have to do that. You want you would really love to assume that humans don't need to be told <laughs> not to be racist or not to sexually abuse one another or go down the list. Um, but there there are people who have to be told that, um, and there have to there are people moreover who have to be told that those things are really very important and are not just like things that are off to the side somewhere. Right. Um, so the first thing was to create this document um, that would give sort of set a standard, give a public benchmark for how ideally we would want people in the community to behave. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing is just having that, at least to me, just having that set of standards is not really sufficient if there's no mechanism to make sure that they are upheld. Um, as anybody will tell you, a document is just some words on a piece of paper. Um, as we saw recently uh, in, a, in a larger context, um, even something like the government of a nation um, its laws are only as powerful as the people who care to enforce them and make sure that other people abide by them. Yep. Um, and that's going to be true here too, right? I mean, if we could say all of the beautiful things that we wanted to say, but unless we were willing to back it up with some action, it wasn't going to go anywhere. Mm. I mean, again, I don't think, you know, if prior to last year, if someone had put out a document saying, hey, sexual assault is bad, I don't think there would have been a lot of pushback, but it also wouldn't have stopped things from happening that happened. Um, and then, uh, let's see, the so the second right, the second thing is to make sure that it's enforced and, and enforced in a way that's like fair and reasonable. Um, I'm going to be uh, putting out something about this shortly, but we have a whole framework for making sure that claims are investigated properly. Like we're not just going to be throwing the band hammer around at people willy nilly. Um, so the right, the first thing is setting the standard. The second thing is enforcing it in a in a reasonable and fair way. Um, and then the third thing is making sure that there's some level of communication within the community, um, because it's it's not just good enough if your local TO at your local tournament knows that so and so 
is a is a danger to others. If that person then goes to a different arcade, goes to a major, right. goes to mm -hmm. a regional, whatever, all of a sudden, no one there knows who they are, and again, they pose a danger to the community. Um, so I wanted us as a community to learn from you know what happens with problematic police officers who just get shifted from one precinct to another and don't ever change to learn from what happened with the catholic church abuse scandal what happened with u.s gymnastics right this is sort of a pattern that recurs over and over again in society um and and make sure that we could um and communicate to the entire community that like hey these are people to look out for if if you want to keep people safe who no matter where you are in the community there's a certain list of people that you need to look out for so those to me are the needs um that i personally thought that we were going to try to address so uh, a couple of questions alongside of that i mean obviously a lot yeah. of people are going to be wondering like how do you keep this from becoming like oh everyone's going to be calling it orwellian you know they're going to make all the stupid <laughs> 1984 parallelisms and all that uh -huh. stuff like that and then also what about for how would you handle cases for people who have actually changed who you know who have mm. you know reconciled and 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 have vowed to become a better person etc cetera, etc cetera. how do we how do we handle those situations um so the second answer is easier so i'll do that first sure. we we decided um probably a couple of months ago that we would have a pretty uh like our cutoff for um Oh, what's it called? It's like the statute of limitations would, would, would be pretty recent. Um, we didn't want to have to go back, you know, months and years from before we were even founded to try to research stuff and right. look up evidence. Mm -hmm. And um, so you're saying I'm safe. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's up to you, man. No, so, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and that's a, in some ways, that's a controversial decision because there are, there were high-profile incidents prior to this past summer, um, but that was the decision that we came to. Um, first of all, because again, the quality of our investigations are going to necessarily be worse for stuff that happened years in the past. It's going to be so much harder for us to conduct a fair and impartial um, and like evidence-based investigation when everyone is already biased everyone's already heard you know stories there's already people have already been divided into camps about all this stuff and then on top of that mm -hmm. uh the evidence has like decayed and disappeared right so that even just from that perspective alone i, I think that was the right decision um so if people have changed since things that they did a couple of years ago great then they're good they don't have anything to worry about we're not gonna yeah like this is not we're not standing at the gates of heaven trying to evaluate people's whole lives and saying like you did something terrible when you were 14 you're not getting in like that's that's not the project and then so for the first question that you asked about whether well, or not I mean, it's orwellian well, oh, sorry do what you want to yeah yeah just to kind of add on to that though but like let's say someone new does something clearly obviously that's violates the code of conduct and there mm -hmm. is a ban placed on them but they realize the error of their ways. A year later, they really have, you know, they've gone to therapy, they've seen all the people, they've done what they can to try to, you know, atone for what they did in the past. What's the reeval, like, is there a reevaluation process in that kind of a situation? Uh, I don't believe that we have discussed like a full, um, 
like appeals process for okay. people down the line. But I think the thing to to answer the question is, so first of all, bands are not like, that's not even the first tool that we're going to reach for necessarily. There are lots of things that uh, tournament organizers can do um, to try and enforce this without necessarily banning someone from an event. The second thing is that even if you're banned uh, for some length of time, the length of time doesn't have to be permanently. Um, right, okay. And as I speak, actually, some of the members of the Discord are working on sort of like a, a matrix of like recommendations for like lengths of uh, okay. punishments or types of punishments that might correspond to any given offense, that type of thing. Um, and we're using other codes of conduct to sort of help guide us. I think Magic the Gathering actually has one of these oh, in their okay. code of conduct, like publicly. Uh, if you go look it up, they have like a whole charts of stuff. Um, so we're sort of using that as a guide. Um, so right, the, the real answer is if, you, if you've done something and you've served your time, you've served your time. Like there's no, again, we're not, it's not like a pure binary where you're either in or out. Right. And hopefully that helps to ease some of the concerns about this being, you know, big brother looking over your shoulder. Like the, the goal here is to keep people safe, not to, not to step on people's faces. What is, what's the line of boot stomping on the human face forever or something like that? Like that's, we're not doing this because we like punishing people mm. or being mean. Um, we're also not doing this because we we enjoy the process of looking into alleged uh, misbehavior. Like that's, if anything, uh, we want there to be as little of that as possible <laughs> right. because it's incredibly time consuming for us. Um, it exposes us to, like the people who are going to be doing it are going to be exposed to a lot of really stressful right. and unpleasant um, like discussions and things like that. Yeah, that um, sounds fun. Yeah, so... Right. Yeah. You just, you and basically, other, you would be happier if you never had to do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's my rule in life in general. But yeah, right. specifically with this also. Yeah. 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 And, and then speaking to the fear of the Orwellian nature of this, you know, a lot of people are like, oh yeah. my God, Big Brother's going to be watching, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, Before you answer anything, Eli, can I just point out that a lot of people are really stupid, James? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, sure. That out there. Yeah, for sure. But again, you know, that is something that people are going to want to hear about and everything. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not they hear it and twist it their own way is a different story. So, <laughs> yeah. So, this is sort of one of the things. Uh, one of the things that I've been really trying to, to push in the Discord is the idea that we, we're never going to make everybody happy. And this is a good example of that, I think. Um, one of the things that people have that, that the public in the FGC has sort of caught on to in this project is that there aren't a lot of huge names involved. Um, to my knowledge, only one of the like majors or super majors have officially signed on. A lot of the other ones haven't even, a couple have put out like unofficial statements of broad support. And then other than that, it's been sort of dead silence. Um, and uh, likewise, uh, there haven't been any um, developers, any corporations that have come on and said, oh, yeah, this is great. We like your code of conduct, et cetera. Um, and so people ha in the community have focused on that as, as evidence of lack of legitimacy. Um, but from my perspective, it's sort of like, well, for all small people, uh, and that makes us 
illegitimate because we don't have the resources, we don't have the um, we don't have the information that large tournament organizers have. We don't. I mean, large tournament organizers have lists of attendees of their tournaments. We don't have all those people. Mm -hmm. uh, developers have scads of money that they could spend <laughs> on doing whatever they wanted to surveil or otherwise mess with the community if they so chose. We don't have that. So like, I don't know how we could be 1984 if we tried, honestly. <laughs> Right. And it's, but it's one of these situations where, again, like from my perspective, no matter what we did, no matter how we positioned ourselves, people were going to find something to try to ding us on. Um, and I'm not surprised that that's one of the things that they that they tried to ding us on. I mean, we're, if yeah. And again, like I could I could refer people to the smash uh, code of conduct thing that existed for some time. Um, I don't think that there were any serious complaints from within the smash community that that their code of conduct group had overstepped their bounds. I mean, again, I think they were just too busy trying to do anything, trying to just run themselves and stay above water um, to, you know, plant bugs in people's houses and God knows what else. Um, the, the decisions that the COC team ends up making are not binding anyway. I mean, they're recommendations. They're literally called recommendations in the code mm -hmm. because they're not legally binding. We hope that people will yeah, take right. it seriously. That's the intention yeah. here. But like, it can't be the case that we like tell people what to do with their private events and so forth without like a whole set of contracts and all sorts of legal enforcement. That's just not practical, um, nor what anybody really wants to do anyway. Uh, so yeah, yeah I mean, so like it like can't be like I can't be a big brother. None of us can be big brother because like <laughs> we're too I can't, small. Like, we can't like put ourselves in somebody's apartment with our screen there at all times. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so so to sort of follow up on that, yeah, I mean, this is any power that we have, and again, I've been trying to. To, to say this to people inside the Discord to sort of remind them of, of the goal here. Any power that this group ends up having is going to be power that comes from the consent of the community because it's going to be social pressure. Right. If we succeed at all in any way, shape, or form in what we're doing, it's going to be because enough people in the community believe in what we're doing that uh, the people who do have real power feel like they have to um, respect the the positions that we're taking um without without that sort of peer pressure without that sort of like populist whatever you want to call it um again we're going to just be sort of spinning our wheels so mm -hmm. if if the community can somehow big brother itself like then sure i guess that's possible but i don't that seems like a contradiction in terms <laughs> to me personally yeah, man. Um, is there anything else that you want to say about the COC or any other angle that you want to cover that in particular on? Uh, well, if you're watching and you're a tournament organizer and you would like to be a part of it, uh, please ping us either at the official FGCOC Twitter account or you can talk to me or just look us up somehow. We're always looking for more people. Um, doesn't matter what size your tournament is, big, small, intermediate. Um, we want to be as broad and inclusive as possible. So. Yeah, and also even if you're just a guy who has some concerns and feedbacks, there is a oh, whole yeah. feedback oh, yeah. link 
there as well that you can actually talk to people about as so you know just because you aren't a to doesn't mean you can't have a voice in this whole entire thing so yeah that's been been great getting feedback on a bunch of this stuff and each time the group comes up with a new like version of the code of conduct it's uploaded along with keeping the previous one there so you can see mm -hmm. like what has changed there's a little patch file that we're putting together literally patch, <laughs> patch notes. Yep, that's right uh, we got we got some great feedback after it came out like about the yeah. the rule on photography comes to yeah. mind like there's things that people have commented on that have been really helpful and we've already been making changes as a result cool so let's talk about other stuff as well dude um yeah, so you are also a writer where does your handle come from man i was gonna ask that david get out of my head i already know the answer. <laughs> oh. uh so yeah, um, my handle for someone who wrote a whole novel and had to be very creative the whole time, my, my handle is like the least creative possible <laughs> handle because the novel that I wrote is called Bodied. And so I just was like, I don't know, I'll call myself Bodied Novel. What is it? <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it's a little embarrassing. But the, the, the good thing that I've been telling people is that people call me Bodied for short and it, it's like apt because it fits my skill level and it's like an accurate descriptor. <laughs> okay. So it worked, it worked out in the end. Um, so yeah, that's where my handle came from. So I, yeah, the, um, I've been sort of an, you know, a hobbyist writer for a long time. Mm -hmm. And actually, um, I was listening to, or rather, I guess I was watching the trailer for, I think it was SoCal regionals 2013 ish. Oh, day. Uh, and they use um, a track from uh, Zed Tabani called Prime. Yeah. And uh, between an anime that I had just recently watched and that track, I was inspired to write this novel about the FGC. And so that's where the, the handle oh. came from. Is, is this a fictional novel or is this a... Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Nice. And where can people pick that up? Where can people, so it is for sale, uh, I think it's on Amazon, but you can also get it through the official store page, which is store.bookbaby.com slash book slash bodied. And if you can't remember that uh, long, ridiculous URL, um, just look me up uh, at Bodied Novel <laughs> on Twitter. I've got links everywhere. Okay. Uh, I will be very happy to tell you what it is. Did you say um, so book you baby? Up. Yes, it's like a self-publishing thing. All right, self All right. Yeah. book baby. It's a little cringy because I think the idea is that like the book is it's as though the book is your baby, which I don't think I agree with. <laughs> um, but yeah. Well, uh, I mean, you obviously, there's a couple of other things that you write. Uh, one of them, you also write for toptier.gg, right? Which is a site started by our friend Choi Sauce. Uh, tell us about that a little bit. Tell us about Top Tier GG and the, the, the articles that you write for it. Yeah. So, yeah, first, I, I really want to say that a lot of I mean, almost everything that I'm doing at this point in the FGC um, traces back to Choice Sauce. I think he deserves a lot of credit for mm. um, coming up with the idea. Well, for being one of the co-creators of the site, I should say, um, and really driving it forward in the direction that he has. Um, when I applied to write for them, uh, my idea was to sort of do like a Deadspin style uh, posts for people who read sports stuff. So Deadspin is a sort of like snarky, yeah, uh -huh. um, uh, yeah, profane, um, <laughs> like dis disrespectful of people in power yeah, yeah. type of thing. They're now Defector. Uh, they had all anyway. So if you want to check them out, go to Defector.com. Um, and and Choice Sauce's reaction was like, hey, we we recognize that you're a good writer, but like 
the direction that this, this website is supposed to be going is one that really focuses on the community aspects of the FGC rather than trying to offer a different spin on the corporate side or the esports side or mm -hmm. the competitive side. We really want to talk about the C in the FGC. Um, and not only was that a really good motivator and sort of point of inspiration for me as a writer, I think that it has really found a niche within the community because mm -hmm. the FGC is more than, um, you know, whether or not you made it into top eight, it is more than the oversized checks that people get for being really good. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's sort of the angle that we've taken. One of the things that I've been doing um, in that vein is to write about uh, quote unquote unsung heroes of the FGC, yes. mm -hmm. um, which we mentioned earlier. Uh, these have been um, tournament organizers, especially like really small um, local tournament organizers, people who put on like 20 to 40 person tournaments, um, commentators, cosplayers, um, people who do content creation, podcasts, stuff like that. Um, just all of the other people who don't get the spotlight yeah. without whom the FGC literally would not and could not exist. Hey, you just did one on my man Zansam, which was yeah, yeah. yeah. There's yeah, so management. It's it's one of those. I mean, it's kind of redundant to say, but I mean, there are so many unsung heroes. So it is great to, that you guys are doing that. That you are doing that because. Man, it sucks that so many people don't get the recognition that they do for how much they actually uh, put into the community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was part of why when when each year we do an Ultra Chen Awards to like wrap up the previous year and mm -hmm. like talk about, you know, here's who our favorite player of the year is or which, is, which game did the best this year, whatever it is, right. what was the best tournament. And we have been doing an FGC member of the year. Yep kind of as this idea this is our chance mm -hmm. to like shout somebody out who isn't getting a lot of uh, or isn't getting enough maybe uh, attention compared to the the work that they've, they've put in so that's mm -hmm. certainly something that we've been caring a lot about for many years i'm glad to see that you guys are doing it i mean um, by the I, way you were top three this year so uh, yeah they, they told me that early i, I missed it but i'm <laughs> yeah I'm while you were uh, uh, dropping also horrified yeah you were on the list so yeah. congrats it's very and Eli says he was horrified, David. <laughs> I mean, Perfect. look, I mean, that kind of was an idea because, like, that's what originally the Canon Award was for Evo, right? And Canon Award was something that I came up with, right? Because I went to an event and someone saw me and Tom Cannon and we were going to team up for the SBO Quals in Street Fighter 4 for fun. And the guy saw me and was like, oh, James, it's cool. And he looked at Tom Cannon and was like, so what do you do? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like oh boy oh boy and so Oof. i came up with the idea of the canon award and the first one would go to tom and tony and then from there we can award people like that they stopped doing that because it actually started getting really political and a lot of people out there were getting mad that they weren't getting canon awards and stuff and it's like that's not the point but you know what people are gonna be people so what are you gonna do uh, stupid that's why we do the ultra 10 awards <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh um yeah but shout outs to choice sauce for doing a lot of cool things that's top tier.gg uh really oh. trying to focus a lot like he said on the like you said on the community aspect of things uh, there is one last thing that you do right that i wanted to talk about real quick and that okay. is uh yeah. the terrible fgc also, i'd like to shout out thrill house too oh yeah of course the team as well 
as choy sauce on toptier.gg. Okay. No, now now Body Novel's scared because I just said the word terrible and he's like, where is this going? I say the oh, terrible, I terrible FGC puns that I see on your Twitter account constantly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is coming from me, but no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, what, what what's the story behind that? What's the story behind the well, obsession so, with the puns? Yeah, yeah. So here's, here's, I think that this is, I just put it in our chat. I think that's probably the one that has, has had the best reception, which people might actually enjoy seeing. Um, <laughs> And also, real quick, to answer a question from the chat, uh, Tiny Text, the anime that inspired me is called Katana Gatari, which is just, they're all, all the vowels are A, except the last one is an I. Um, and again, if you at me on Twitter, I'll, I'll send you information about it. But okay, uh, where did all the, the memes and puns and stuff come from? Um, so I'm, I'm a big fan of wordplay in general. Uh, I grew up listening to Weird Al. Um, <laughs> yes. the, sort of, the sort of next level up from that, in my, well, maybe not one level but several levels up from that is like battle rap battle rap is mm. extremely yeah like fascinating well-written english that is all wordplay um if you if you are someone who wants to study english in a serious way um you can read shakespeare but like also check out some battle rap it will yes. change your opinion about what can be done with the english language so so word i've just always been a huge fan of wordplay stuff uh, and when I joined Twitter, when I joined FGC Twitter, I was sort of trying to find my niche. I tried to be like a stats guy for a while. I do a little bit of stuff with like, um, you know, statistics about the CPT and stuff like that. I tried to be like an analysis guy. Um, and then eventually you can, you can blame the community for this because <laughs> the ones that got the most traction were terrible puns. So I just, of I can't do it. Of that's where I'm at now. <laughs> I have no defense for myself other than that. <laughs> it's <laughs> uh, awesome yeah i'm actually i'm really shocked that i've been able to keep it going for there have been several days where i was like i must be out of puns by now right and, no such uh, thing <laughs> doesn't seem like i am yeah. no such thing yeah well hey thanks a lot for coming on to chat with us Is yeah absolutely anything else you want to plug or discuss yeah, so, so again, if you want to, oh, so this is one of the other things that I should mention is that all of the people that I profile for top tier, all of the unsung heroes are suggested to me. I don't go out and find anybody and I still have a long list of people. There, there's a lot of love in the community and I really respect that. And if anyone who is watching wants someone from their local scene or someone that they're familiar with to be profiled, um, please tell me, I'm always open to suggestions uh, on that front. Um, yeah, and, and as you guys said earlier, if anyone has any sort of feedback about the code of conduct stuff, we would be happy to hear it. We're totally open. Um, and yeah, the I guess the last thing that I want to say is if you see me at an event, whenever there are events again, um, obviously, you know, challenge me in whatever fighting game you want. I'll be happy to, to play, you know, uh, pride matches with anybody but if there's any basketball players in the fgc who want to who want to 1v1 me in some like a first to five in in basketball i, I want to play some some physical games as well while we're there so okay, yeah. okay. Are, are you i know there are some people who are down for that yeah, there's definitely yeah. some ballers out there go, go up yeah. against yipes dude there you go <laughs> let's, yeah absolutely let's do it put it on camera i'll be happy okay to body you heard it here right now body novel versus yipes <laughs> on camera yeah <laughs> Oh man. Right, you said film this. 
Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate uh, all you guys do. Thank you. No, thank you for coming on and to talk about the code of conduct stuff because I know there's a lot of discussion on that. So it's good to get a lot of that cleared up. Cool. All right. Thanks a lot to Eli again for coming on, discussing things with us. A lot of good perspectives there as well. But let's move on. All righty. All righty. All righty. All righty. You have to say it now, Jasmine. It's your All righty. Turn. It's your turn, Jasmine. Say it now. Say it. Say it. And also uh, to, to Eli, of course, you don't have to stick around in the show calls chat. Oh, yeah, if you, you can don't get out of here if you want. So, yeah, yeah, get out of here, man. <laughs> Let's move on to the 5-5 five, five matchup. As you can see, we're going to be discussing first a topic that we have before we get to the viewer questions. This topic was in the news today. Ninja, have you heard of him? He's a guy. He's a big streamer. He was first with Twitch.tv, then with something that used to be called Mixer. I don't know what it is. But anyway, he's been doing Twitch ever since that died. And he's still super popular. He is intending to get into other stuff as well. He had an interview with the New York Times. In that interview, they talked about a bunch of stuff. But part of the language that, they, that he mentioned was... I'll get some quotes for you here. Um, discussing the question was, uh, is so, or well, the question's not actually very artfully phrased, but basically the question was, there are people who are on your stream who are doing stupid stuff. They're calling people names, whatever it is. And then the interviewer says, is that kind of stuff just a part of gaming that you've resigned yourself to? Could it be mitigated somehow? And he says, I don't think it's gaming. I think it's internet culture. People are behind the screen. They say what they want, and they can get away with it. In addition, um, he says, it all comes down to parenting. And you want to know who your kid is? Listen to him when he's playing video games when he thinks you're not. Here's another thing. How does a white kid know he has white privilege if his parents never teach him or don't talk about racism. Um, and then he says, if they're gaming and their first interaction with racism is one of their friends saying the N-word and they have no idea what it is, what if it was on my stream, like in the chat or something? Is it my job to have this conversation with this kid? No, because the first thing that's going on in my head is this kid is doing this on purpose to troll me. If someone says a racial slur on someone else's stream, it can potentially get that streamer banned. It's awful, but that's the first thing I think of. So, right, he's thinking of, like, he's playing in some mm -hmm. multiplayer match and voice comms are on and somebody else says this word or something else that's pretty terrible. Uh, so there's other stuff, too. It was quite a wide-ranging interview. Um, but what is your reaction to what Ninja said right there? Uh, he's not wrong. He's just kind of an asshole. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I'm the baby on this one. Yeah, he, he's, not, he's not wrong. Like the views sure, of, of not, some of the members. Him, uh, <laughs> what's that? Is it the views of some of the members do not reflect the views of everybody? No, <laughs> don't need yeah, to. Get... I mean, I don't know, man. Like you can you can be right on a technicality, but that doesn't mean you're morally correct. Like, sure, it's not his job. He's correct there. That's about where the correctness ends. I think. Like, uh, yeah, it's not your job. You're not getting paid for it. Uh, nobody's going to hold a gun to your head and 
make you be an anti-racist. But when you have the platform you have, you have a responsibility to be anti-racist and correct those things on stream. Like, that's just how that works, man. Like, you're, you're a multimillionaire and you play video games on camera. That's, that's your job. And it, become, it became so much more. So now you have to step up to the plate. Um, yeah, he, he's not wrong. He's just an asshole. Like, that's, that's it. Yeah, it's not the job that I imagine that he thought he was trying out for. Yeah, I mean, that's your problem, though. Like, <laughs> I, I was just going to say, like, that's... I don't know that anybody who got into streaming, at least years ago, now people get into streaming and they're like, maybe I'll be famous. But yeah. the people who got into it in the first like, few years, you, know, you just had no conception that that kind of thing was even possible. Um, so he didn't get into it with the idea that he would be famous enough to have an impact. But the fact is that he became famous enough to have an impact. Yep. And yeah. it is true that I, sure, I would love it if every kid's parents taught them about how terrible racism is, structural racism. This is, this would be great. I know that that's not true, right? We all know that that's not true. Not everybody does that. Most people, many people don't do that, whatever the percentage is, right? And that's, that sucks because if we had everybody doing that, hopefully we'd finally get beyond all this nonsense, which mm -hmm. we're nowhere near close to. So if you have a platform, I do feel that it's, certainly it's my conception of my job. Let me say it like that. My conception of my job is that I never had planned to get into any kind of a public role. When I began commentating even, it was none. It was not even in our mind that that might happen. You know, we were just talking with other friends online, and that was. Yeah. Really, it turned into a thing where all of a sudden I have fifty thousand Twitter followers, and James has way more than that. And there's, you know, I mean, there, it is a, it is a, it is a small, but it is a pulpit, mm -hmm. and it would be. I would feel that it's giving up my responsibility, if I didn't use that in the way that I felt would be most helpful. Mm -hmm. And yeah. and I do that in ways that are very gaming related, obviously, right? We all talk about games on Twitter and so forth all the time. But if we didn't also talk about things that mattered in the larger context, I think we would be doing, we would not be doing all we can do. And I feel like that is what I need to be doing is yeah. all that I can do. So for this guy, for Ninja, again, I think Brock's right. Is it literally his job? No, that's not why he gets it's not that is not earning him money. And it is should be really somebody's parents job to teach them these things. But the fact is that that's not happening as much as I think it probably should. And so I think it's on everybody else. Like it's if if the idea is that you you're you want people to take personal responsibility for their children and what their children right. end up learning and you want you you want that, right? But you also are aware that many people are not doing that. So if they're not doing it, you also still need to have this conception of personal responsibility in a way that motivates you if yeah. their parents aren't doing it to, you... to, to be the one. I mean, you know, you, you're not going to be punishing this kid, right? Like you're not their dad or whatever, mm -hmm. but you can still be teaching them things or giving them ideas about the real world in ways that I think could be really helpful while still continuing to do your video game job, for sure. Yeah. 
I mean, I've I, I've told the story before in the past. I've talked to some players who you know who have become famous in the FGC, and they say things that people don't you know that they they get attacked for. Like this is the wrong thing, and their responses. But I just want to speak my mind. I just want to say things that no. And you know, my response usually is, you know, if you want to not be analyzed, like if you don't want to be a role model, then basically you can suck like the rest of us. And that's, that solves the problem. But when you get into that kind of a position, you kind of gain that responsibility that because something that you have to do, uh, investigation comb put it in the chat and I was going to talk about this. Uh, but LI Joe had the tweet and he says, I normally don't chime in on this stuff, but if I had the power to change a generation for the better, I would. You know, and the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, one of the stories that I that stuck in my head the most is that one of the, the problems that we have in our society right now is we place this kind of holy grail on parenting. And uh, this sounds kind of scary for me to say this because obviously parenting is a very important thing. But the thing about it is, you know, the story that sticks in my head was there was a kid who went in and I think they brought a gun to school and they did something terrible or something like that and they were arrested and the Penny Arcade guys were just like, this is not video games fault. This was back during the Jack Thompson era and everything, you know, they were like, oh, it's video game fault. And the and then the, the Penny Arcade guys were like, dude, stop saying that. It's the parents. It's the parents' responsibility. It's the parents' responsibility. And the parents of that kid actually were Penny Arcade readers. And they saw that and they actually responded with, we have sent him to therapy. We have talked with him. We have done everything we could as a loving parent could possibly do. Like we did everything we could. The, th the truth of the matter is the relationship of a kid to their parent is going to be different to for every family out there. And you know what? As Ninja you probably have a larger influence on a lot of the kids that you're talking to than their parents do, than their parents do. Because us as kids might not believe our parents or, oh, I'm so fed up with my parent trying to control me, blah, 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 blah. And so if you think as Ninja, you have millions of followers and that, but you're not their parent absolves you from any responsibility from trying to do something better. That is a cop out. That is a way to absolve yourself of any sort of blame of any sort of responsibility. But if your chat says misogynistic things or racist things and you see it, you don't have to respond to the troll. And sometimes I do this too. I'll see something I'm like, no, you know what? And I put down the controller. I'm like, look, none of that crap in my stream because this is wrong. This is absolutely wrong. And like, we're not going to take any of that misogynistic or racist crap in here. I'm streaming to 50 people, you know, but yeah. as yeah. If, if it has the ability to reach out to millions of people taking the time to say that, and if they idolize you so much more than they idolize their parents, that will make an effect. If you have an audience of millions of people, yeah, Charles Barkley out there, I am not a role model, whatever, whatever. But the thing is your scope gives you a lot of views and people respect you in ways that you do have to take responsibility over. And so, you know, I get it. He's right. It's not his job, but it's kind of a responsibility that I feel like he has to take. So there you go. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, agree I agree with that. I agree. I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, there's, 
when it comes to his specific example of how to handle the situation where you're just like playing some online game and somebody else says these words on voice comms or something like that, um, that that is, I think, actually the perfect time to talk about this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that there's a better time to talk about this stuff. Are you going to convince the little jerk face on the other side who says the gamer word or whatever? Probably not. But you you do still have an audience of six figures of people, right? <laughs> Five or six figures of people um, who are watching. And this is the perfect time to talk with them about that. I, mm-hmm. I just, I think, I think you're right that it's a cop out and it's unreasonable to say that you want other people to take the personal responsibility to raise their kids well and not then also to take the personal responsibility handling your your chat and your stream in the way that you should uh so again i think li joe's take is great i think that's that's perfectly said as well um as you were just mentioning i like that a lot uh i will say this i think a significant reason why tyler blevins is the most popular, or was before he left Twitch, now is still one of the most popular streamers <laughs> in the world. One of the reasons is that he doesn't do this. And that sucks, but I think that yeah. that's probably true. There are people who don't want to deal with these conversations. Mm-hmm. And if you can avoid, if you do avoid having these conversations, you will get some of those viewers in ways that you won't otherwise. This is not me praising Ninja. I think it's actually the exact opposite. Um, this is, it's a, it's a condemnation of the sort of state of things yeah. that that can be true. That somebody who doesn't want to actually address these issues is, that's probably part of why he became so popular. Um, and so I think that it, in that context, without understanding that that probably is true, I feel like that places even more responsibility on him to be the person to talk about this stuff and to actually have these conversations. I mean, to be honest with you, I ran into it myself uh, last year in April when, when George Floyd, when the George Floyd situation started happening and, you know, there was a lot of Black Lives Matter stuff on the internet. I used to, I didn't talk about it. I didn't retweet any of the Black Lives Matter stuff because I was like, well, I'm a public figure. I have to worry about my followers and views and stuff like that. And I had a long conversation with uh, with uh, Isaiah, you know, Abonic Plague about that because I know it was very personal to him and stuff. And I just kind of talked to him about it. And, you know, obviously he's not going to tell me, you should do this, James. He was just like, yeah. you know, this is the kind of situation. He talked about his side and view of things. And sure enough, I was like, no, nah, dude, I, I, I can't, I can't stay silent about this, you know? And so I started retweeting the BLM stuff. I started tweeting about it and I end a hundred percent of my streams these days, uh, by telling people black lives matter, that trans lives matter. You know, I, I say it at the end of every stream of mine and sure, maybe that does put off some people and I get less of an audience that way, but you know, it's, it. To me, I think that's important. I think it's an important thing to keep reminding people of, to keep saying it, and to not just be a virtue signaler, 
you know what I mean? To, to, to really yeah. believe it and to really live that life. And I think that that's important. So it's it's tough. It's it's a tough situation. And, you know, Ninja, he's young. He's making a ton of money. No one's probably really, you know, sat down and been like, this is how you handle this. You know, so he's going to have some interesting takes on it and probably like, I shouldn't say anything because I'm making all this money, you know? And so it's like, it's hard to be like, Ninja, you bad person, you know, but like, at the uh, same time, yeah, and I'm the opposite. I don't think it is. I think the fact that he has all this money, he's not doing more, makes him an even worse person. Well, no, I mean that's the thing, I right? Know. I mean, I, I, I do think that that's a bad thing. But for him, it's hard for him to understand that being kind of young and not having to have dealed with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's not that young, dude. He's about thirty years old. He's a baby. <laughs> not that young. He's a, James, James is like a baby. <laughs> sorry, sorry, James. But usually, when you're about thirty, you're you're an adult, man. When like, you you're, when you're you grown. well, see that's that's another uh, flaw, and that's why I tell everybody your life begins in thirty. Because I will tell you that from my experience, twenty to thirty is when you are at your biggest asshole. Like that is when you are your, the biggest jerk because. You think the world owes you and you feel like everything is about you. And by the time you hit 30 is when you start realizing the world is about other people. And that's why I always say 30 is when your life truly starts. That's my personal philosophy, though. That's that's how I feel. So, oh, yeah, you're worse when you're in your teens, of course. But 20, now you have a voice and money to accomplish your asshole behaviors. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, look, I mean, when, when well, this is not even a new phenomenon. It didn't start with the BLM stuff for me, but uh, I've certainly noticed that, like, my Twitter follower account has gone down at times because I talk about these things all the time. Right. But mm -hmm. I, I feel like the people who are left following me on Twitter, there just cannot be a lot of crossover between people who are, like, serious leftists who are really invested in American politics and also super invested in fighting games specifically street fighter <laughs> like that's just it's just not like a big overlapping of people um but but i i know that and that's that's cool i mean i i understand what's going on there so again i think i think that part of why ninja has become as popular as he is is that he doesn't tackle this stuff but i think that that is also an indictment of him and that mm -hmm. he should be doing this yes, stuff like absolutely. kids shows do it you know what i mean like it's not it, this is not something that is out of the ordinary in a lot of contexts. It's all over the place. But I think in the gaming context, where frankly there's a bunch of racists still and and other bigots, yeah, I think that I think like a necessary precondition for becoming the most popular streamer in the world, at least in the English language, is that you are um, not putting a stop to some of this stuff. Yeah. So I think that he. He needs to. I definitely think that it is, in fact, his responsibility, even if it's not literally his job. It should be his personal responsibility as well. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Thanks for the sub. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Um, S X E Z S K O Z. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like sounds like the next model for the Xbox, dude. <laughs> uh. Okay. And by the way, thanks right. to B Mikey P for the sub about half an hour ago as yeah, well. High five. For sure. Okay. So let's move on to the next one. Let's get into the actual viewer questions. 
on this. Yep. Not I, not everybody in gaming is racist. We understand, but it's too much. Yeah. It's too much. All right. Here's the questions for 5-5 five, five matchup as we go into the viewer section. Number one, with Frosty Faustings online being this weekend and the cancellation of Combo Breaker 2021, would you like to see more majors take an online route this year? Two, can you talk about the evolution of grappler archetypes across games? I only know Street Fighter. When T-Hawk came out, it blew my mind. A mobile grappler with a DP. Okay, so that can be one of like five people, 10 people maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when T-Hawk came out? You know, I do, but not many people do. Three. I can tell you exactly how I felt about that too. Anyways, continue. Yeah, I bet, I bet. Three, how do you deal with getting discouraged when you hit the wall and don't see progress in the fighting games you play? And then four, can you discuss the tier lists for Street Fighter Alpha 2 and Street Fighter Alpha 3? I sure hope we won't have to. What's <laughs> All right. So the winner is... Dun, 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 dun. Not that one. It's number two. Can you talk about the evolution of grappler archetypes across games? I only know Street Fighter. When T-Hawk came out, it blew my mind. A mobile grappler with a DP? James... Where were you, and what did it feel like when T-Hawk came out? Uh, I first read about T-Hawk in the GamePro magazine that they gave uh, for uh, Street Fighter Hyper Fighting on the Super Nintendo, and they gave all the cool tips and stuff like that. And then at the end, they had a preview of the four new characters in Street Super Street Fighter 4. And T-Hawk was in there, and as a Zangief player, I saw T-Hawk and was like, I get to have an uppercut as a grappler? Never mind the fact that Zangief's lariat was basically an uppercut. <laughs> in hyper fighting but still i was like what this is going to be the best character ever and it turns out he kind of sucked you know <laughs> he wasn't actually very good but i was super jazzed uh to see him uh did i say super street fighter 4 super street fighter 2 sorry Woo! super yeah. street fighter 2 was he bad in super street fighter 2 or does anybody even know because st came out like so quickly afterward uh he was bad he was bad all four of the new characters were bad uh, DJ might have been the best one, but he wasn't very good either there because he didn't have a flash kick. His his anti-air was the machine gun punch, but it was he was supposed to, the way that they designed him was supposed to be antithetical to Guile, so his anti-air did no damage because it was just bat, and so it wasn't like you would, you're supposed to jump at him more, you know, and risk it a little bit, but they completely threw that out the window in Super Turbo, yeah. so... Um, Ooh. and thank Great you for the gifted subs. High five. Woo. Yep. Bluegrass 81. Thanks for letting me say your name again. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, in terms of the actual question, the evolution of the, uh, grappler archetypes, it's fascinating. Uh, the reason why I wanted to play Makoto in third strike is because I kept wanting to have a quick kind of sprightly grappler and just have it be different, and that's kind of what Makoto was. In fact, she couldn't even do the damage off of the throw. She had to do the damage off of the throw. They didn't know how much she could actually do. But still, you know, the grappler archetype has changed a lot over the years, and I know David's acknowledged this, and even though nowadays it feels completely archaic, Potemkin was a huge one where he could flick fireballs and turn them into a worse weapon and he had a ground pound that let him get in. I mean, when that happened, we were like, oh my god, that's so awesome. Now it's he just... He had armor on the way in. What? You can cancel <laughs> the dash? Amazing. 
now it's yeah. just like whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It has it has changed a lot, and that's something I've thought about a lot over the years. Because you know, I'm obviously James is a grappler player as well, but like I've I've been invested in that, and I feel like there are a few things that stand out to me, at least in 2D games, when it comes to grapplers. Like Street Fighter 2, of course, right? Zangief as the grappler is like the beginning. I don't feel like that really changed that much until yeah, I think Potemkin is the one that mm -hmm. stands out to me, and then the next like evolution was Iron Tiger. <laughs> and yep. Iron Tiger is, I think, still the wildest grappler idea because it's a complete reversal. It's complete like flipping on the head of how a grappler mm. plays. Every other grappler is, I'm trying to get in on you. Here I'm the one trying to approach. Maybe I walk at you. Maybe I have hammer fall. Maybe I have slide head or whatever. Like whatever the character does, you're moving it. Tiger's the opposite. Tiger, at least once he magnetizes you. Um, has the ability to bring you in, right? He has a fireball that magnetizes you that can bring you in. Uh, and and so it's a complete opposite idea mm -hmm. of he brings you to him <laughs> and that's very scary up close. I really like that idea. It's just so unique. Yeah. Uh, it was really badly done at first, but they, you know, they, <laughs> they ended up giving him some more stuff as the series went on. It was a little bit more uh, interesting I and effective. I think that General Rom has a little bit of that in him too with the poison. Yes. Generally, generally, grapplers, yeah. you want to go to the opponent, but if you poison them, you want to run away, so they keep getting poisoned, you know? Right, and now uh, they have to come at you, and as right, a grappler, yeah, you're like, welcome. Come at Rom, who has two of the best buttons in the game, so. Totally. So I, I would say Rom is, is the maximum of Zangief. He's the maximization of the Zangief archetype. Mm. He's a grounded, right walking around sort of character. He's obviously very closely based on Street Fighter IV Zangief, and he has better buttons and he has a better focus attack and he has the poison mechanic <laughs> and he can snowball better after command grabs it's only because everybody in that game is so wild that he's not like completely right. broken right yeah, for sure uh, but his he is he is the zangief for sure and then when it comes to more anime air dasher types game type games again like you talk about tager i think as the being the the wildest one but in marvel 3 i feel like hulk hagar and then in <laughs> tag with Wald Jaeger, like those kind of team archetypes, characters who basically need to get in once and like have invincibility or they have huge normals or they, they just like have oppressive stuff. It's mm -hmm. that that is kind of a different take on that as well. As you know, Hulk Hulk Hagar in Marvel 3 is the kind of character that doesn't need to get in at the start because he's in at the start, right? You're walking at the opponent <laughs> at the start. And then if he gets the right call, whether it's a grab or whether it's a stand H or whatever it's going to be, he like when he beats that character and then he's two mix-ups away from winning the whole round. So it's not even like he needs to get in. If he gets pushed out, then okay, he's got to go back in. Right? Then it becomes a different story. But right. that I think is another take on the archetype of just like, I'm oppressive at the beginning rather than typically it's the distance characters are the ones who are oppressive at the beginning. A little bit flipping on that on the head too. So, yeah, I think I think grapplers. Obviously, I'm very interested in them, but I think the grappler set of archetypes has been really fascinating to watch evolve it. And I think it's the one of the one of the archetypes that has changed the most too. Yeah, I mean, I was always really disappointed in the way Zangief V Trigger One worked. 
I would have liked it had to have been a little more Iron Tagery instead of literally, oh, you blocked it. He's minus six. <laughs> Punish him, you know. I would have liked it to have been more of a pull you in and you're kind of stuck in a block stun or so that way he can't throw you out of it. And so there's just, I don't know. It's just I feel like it could have did better with it, but it's literally an all or nothing kind of thing. So um, As people have played that character more, it's become a little bit more effective in that way, but because there are certain ranges where it can yeah, actually be meaty, time. meaty timings and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but no, yeah. You're, you're right. I think the other interesting take is that there are occasionally defensive grapplers, and those are usually pretty rare. Like mm -hmm. Q is a defensive grappler. That's part of why I loved him so much. Yeah, but and then that there are not frequent. Con Raw is kind of a sort of. Kind of, yeah. Zona grapplers are pretty rare. That archetype, the Chrome Dome, Conra, and oh, Waldstein yeah. need to go. <laughs> no, I just say so this. It's hard to balance. I can say that much. I'm just saying this as a Nanase player who was traumatized by Waldstein in, in Unist, okay? I was absolutely traumatized in that matchup. Oh, Good God. old Wald. I had a blast. Oh, man. Honda's a defensive grappler. Yeah, Honda's kind of a defensive grappler. I played Honda back in Super Turbo, and part of why was that I felt he he had these very polarizing matchups mm -hmm. of some he could sort of be this fortress defensive character, others he was playing footsies, and others he was trying to get in, and I liked having to do all those things on one character. Yeah. It would have been nice if they weren't so lopsided on some of those different sides, but, you know, whatever. That's was, that was the character. And just interestingly and, enough... Uh, I Oh, no, I, I just wanted to kind of throw this out there a little bit. What is your definition of a grappler, right? For someone like Soul Bad Guy, he would be positively awful if he didn't have a command throw. The command throw is very he much a part of his game. Do you consider Soul Bad Guy a grappler, or do you... Uh... Actually, I do. Yeah, if I were to no play way. Exert, I think if I played Exert, it would be with Soul, to be honest. No, I mean, he has a command grab. He's a brawler. But he does, it is really important. I mean, I'm no Guilty Gear expert, but like it seems like it's super important to his game. So I, I've thought about picking him up, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can see you playing him because he's belligerent and you're a belligerent player. But <laughs> outside of that, I, don't, I wouldn't consider anybody with a command grab a grappler. Right. Well, see, that's no, the I thing, though. That's true. Yeah, but, I, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. I think there are characters where they have command grabs and they're not grapplers. I don't think like Yun and Yang are grapplers, although they right. have command grabs. Yeah, I don't but, even know if Abigail is a grappler, right? So maybe Abigail in season four or five, or whatever we're in, mm -hmm. is not a grappler. But maybe, maybe a little bit more. But but for it's certainly less than he was earlier. Right. But for Soul Bad Guy, it is absolutely a crucial part of his game. If you took away the command grab. Soul Bad Guy is going to die, <laughs> in my opinion. That is number one. The reason why he can be a disrespectful brawler is because you know at any time you can get command grab and dust looped anyway. So you know. Do you consider Abel a grappler? Uh, yeah, I do. I yeah, I, I think I did, but yeah, I think Abel still falls into into brawler, but he's real close to grappler. Yeah. yeah. So I was gonna say if you think. If you think Abel's a grappler, then certainly I could see Saul Bad Guy yeah, being a yeah. grappler in your eyes too. It's it's a maybe for me on that one. Like Alex and Third Strike, maybe. I, I think yeah. part of I think those are brawlers. Part of what we I part of what I mean at least when I say grappler is that I'm also talking about kind of like a slow character. It doesn't need to be like the big guy, because sometimes it's not, but mm -hmm. I think I'm also talking largely about like a slower character who is right. 
is is a little bit more lopsided in some ways, but not necessarily. Yeah, I mean, that's sometimes at the margins of these things, it's going to necessarily be blurred. I mean, what about someone like Makoto, who has obviously the slowest walk speed ever, but also the fastest dash ever? Is she a grappler or not a grappler? I, 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 I consider her a grappler. You, you do consider her a grappler? I do consider her a grappler, because yeah. all of her damage comes from right. the command grab. All of her setup comes from the command grab. But That's see, why I don't think Salt Bad Guy falls into that for me, because... His entire game plan isn't set up around getting the command grab. It's around the threat of the command grab. Right, but then that's, that's Zangief, right? I mean, Snake Eyes used to win Street Fighter Four by never landing SPDs because that's everyone's true. so goddamn really hard. <laughs> it's really hard to four, but I think, I think it's, you guys are both kind of right because I think in Street Fighter Four that was the least grapplery yeah, that it's true. Zangief it's true. ever been. Mm -hmm. And in Street Fighter Five. Geef wants to grab you. It's better and it does more damage and he's got a better situation afterward if he does a command grab than if he does a strike, if he gets mm -hmm. a, a hit on you right. instead. And it's kind of the opposite for in Street Fighter V, like Laura and Mika. They do more damage if they hit you. They do more stun if they hit you. They have better meaty situations, uh, at least for in some situations, for uh, hitting than for grabbing. So, yeah, I mean, I, this is always going to be blurred a little bit, but... I think part of why grapplers are so cool is that they have diversified into so many yeah. different things that like we're like, is it a grappler or not? And <laughs> Twenty years ago, it, that that was a rarer conversation. Yeah. Is Blanca a grappler and super turbo? Maybe it's not actually <laughs> a command grab, but like it's so important to his game, and you can't tech the bite. Yeah. Maybe, but and, like and, other than that, in early examples, there just aren't really like points of contention it wasn't until later that there was more diversity in grapplers that we talked about this yeah. at all just to answer uh mike squeeze's question in the chat he says what exactly is meaty uh, a meaty is a move that hits the opponent the instant they get up off the ground it's blurred into different kind of situations but that's generally the, the that's the most uh common situation so if you put a move into somebody so that they get up and go from being invincible on the ground to getting up into something that's considered a meaty. You can do that with a throw. You can throw them so you throw them on the first frame that they get up. You can put buttons on them, etc. That's basically what it means. Uh, and yeah, I agree with Peter0611. It's still a terrible term, but that's what it is now. We can't do anything. Yeah, so, it is. so it is. I, I like grapplers in a lot of different games. I feel like SNK does a super interesting job with grapplers. Mm. I, I think that Arxis has done a really great job. They've They've probably been the most like innovative when it comes to grapplers overall, Potemkin and then Tager. Mm -hmm. But yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff. And in NRS games, they didn't have grapplers at all until NK, <laughs> well, until Injustice 1, I guess. And then some of their stuff in Injustice 1 and 2 has been really unique and really interesting. So there's a lot of, it's a great time to be a grappler fan, everybody. Just all looking right, at Tubo shake his head, dude. Nope. <laughs> all, all right. right. So talking about grapplers now. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, right. Tubo's like, I don't want to talk about grapplers anymore. <laughs> I want that whole segment without saying anything mean. <laughs> yeah, you did, you did. Proud, proud of you, man. Wait, proud you of you. If you if you grappler. are a grappler player, you brush your teeth with cold. Are you opposed to playing a grappler? Me? I've never played one. I know you haven't, but you also always say that you don't pick characters based on archetypes. You play them. I, I don't. I don't. I've just never found one that I enjoy playing. I, I, I have played characters like Abel. I can play Abel in Street Fighter 4. Okay. 
Honda. I mean, I've always played Honda. Honda like, I, I can yeah. I can play characters with command grabs. I just don't seek them out necessarily. Right. Your boy Blanca has a command grab now. That's he does. Cool. I don't play him in that game. Man. <laughs> I know. <you> know. <laughs> hey, when you played uh, Boxer, actually, what was this? Maybe six months ago or something. We played. Yeah. We were playing V Trigger Two Boxer. Yeah, I just play that because it's ignorant. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I, just, I just want to be belligerent. That's, that's it. Uh, all, right, all right, all right. Next question. Next question. The second place is number three. How do you deal with getting discouraged when you hit the wall and don't see progress in the fighting games you play? Holy crap, I didn't realize this was so long. It's so big. How dare you, James? Make it so big. No, oh, mean, no, it's still too big. Yeah. <laughs> an ampersand instead of and. No, it's not going to be enough either. All right, Tubbo, what do you got? When? How do you deal with getting discouraged when you hit the wall and don't see progress in the fighting games you play? You know, our buddy Flexo, Mike DeBonis, recently said his friend asked him the same question, mm -hmm. uh, pretty much. And so he came to me and was like, well, what do you do? And I guess it really depends on what you mean by progression. Uh, but to put this in a tournament way, James is trying so hard over there. Uh, his buddy was saying that, you know, like he gets, you know, he'll, he'll do fine online and he'll think he's good. And he goes in person and uh, he, hey, we did it. Uh, <laughs> and, and he gets wrecked. He gets wrecked in person. He'll go like, oh, two in locals or anything like that. And I guess uh, if we're talking about a tournament perspective, because I don't know what this person asked the question means by progress. You need to remember that A, the people next to you are working just as hard, if not harder than you to be good at this video game. Mm -hmm. And B, it doesn't matter who they are, treat them like any other asshole you play against. <laughs> uh, a lot of people will, even at like locals, go, oh, this guy wins every week or you know every month or whatever. I'm not gonna beat him, who gives a shit? You know, treat everybody like they're as dumb as you would treat someone online and always play your game. Believe in your game plan. Have a game plan, but believe in it as well. Um, I mean, that's how I made progress in KI. I just grinded the shit out of the game online. Thank God I had good online play. Um, and then when I went in tournament, I literally didn't even look at my pools every time I entered a tournament in that game. I didn't mm. care. It didn't matter who I was going to play against. Right. Uh, and that's how I got decent at that game real fast, I think. I just disrespected <laughs> everyone. Um, and I, I think that's really, really important is to not overthink who you're playing against. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, honestly, it's it's kind of a tough one now because I have so much experience in fighting games now that whenever I hit a wall, I can kind of sit back and think and try to really kind of determine where the wall is coming from. You know, I, I can really dig to the source of the wall, but that's also just from years and years of playing fighting games and really understanding how all the different fighting games work and why certain ones appeal to me more than others, etc., etc. Like, I'm hitting a Street Fighter V wall right now, but I kind of know where my weaknesses for the game lie. So it's, it's, it's harder to get discouraged, I guess, uh, when you start to understand that kind of stuff. But if you're a beginner, you don't know any of this stuff. And so so it's really hard to figure out what, but the point of the story usually comes down to is that what's holding you back usually isn't obvious, right? What's holding you back rarely turns out to be what you think it is. 
uh, a lot like one of the most common ones that I tell talk about, which is one of my problems is a lot of my problems just come from the fact that I don't anti air anybody. Right. So I just get jumped in on and I have to deal with mix ups all day and I die. If I anti air more, I win. <laughs> you know, It's it's like that simple. But as a player, sometimes you won't notice that because blocking a jump in feels like you're safe. You didn't get hit. You know, and you're kind of now in this bad situation. Other times would be just like, oh, you know, you're not really truly understanding the the mindset of the game. Street Fighter V. Do you understand the Street Fighter V RPS? Do you really truly understand the throw attack shimmy game? Right? Do you know what the counter to shimmy is? Like, I bet you I could even ask a lot of people in the chat right now, what is the counter to shimmying? Like, if you wanted to take advantage of someone who you know is going to shimmy you, how do you take advantage of that? I don't know if everybody can answer that because it's not an obvious answer, which is one time, uh, one time Knuckle Dew woke up with crouch medium kick into overhead with Guile and he killed the opponent. And I was like, why did you wake up with crouching medium kick? That's like the most wild. And I was like, that's how you counter shimmies. Oh, and, yeah. yeah. And so I do that with Lucia all the time. I just wake up with crouching medium kick into EX run and I catch people shimming all the time. Right. So like, if you understand these, do you understand that? Do you really understand that? If you don't, that's going to be a, a block. So it's hard. It's hard to figure out how to progress because a lot of times it's not obvious what thing is holding you back. That's where you need to start talking with people, hitting up discords, trying to find friends who play and such, or maybe even going into a Brian F stream, go into an Eli and Mia stream and, and just start asking away, go into a, a Reddit SF tournament and just talk in the chat, come into any ultra David or my stream. If we ever get back to doing sure you can scrimmage like that's I'll come the, to my stream. I'm going to tell you you're a fucking scrub. <laughs> Only but, pros in my chat. Okay. Yeah. That's uh that's the best way to do it. So, yeah. Uh, my Nobody king... pretends to be more of a jerk than Tubbleware. <laughs> 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 uh, the king. The last time I played king online, uh, I mean, I know what my biggest problem in tech it is. It's just I don't have the knowledge. So I just get hit by things. And actually, my biggest problem with Tekken is very similar to the same problem that I have for Street Fighter V. They're both very reactionary heavy games. You have to be able to whiff punish things when you see them and you have to kind of have this reaction and my reactions are pretty ass. So uh, that's why I've started playing a lot more Soul Calibur. Because <laughs> that game is not as reaction based. <laughs> so the question specifically is how do you deal with getting discouraged when you hit the wall and don't see progress? Right. And so for me, that's what it is, is realize that there is something deeper usually to the, 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 the lack of progression, that the progression is going to come from something that you're not seeing something a little more deeper than you probably think it is. It's not just, Hey, you're not doing this combo or you're leaving damage on the table. Like it's not about that. It's usually about some fundamental concept of the game that you're probably not understanding, which will require you to do some research and talk to people about, but, uh, that's how you get discouraged. Don't think of it as, I can't do, I'll never, ah, you know, like, how come I can't? Like, don't keep trying to pound your head into the table doing the same thing you're doing over and over again and hoping you'll learn as that way. You know, try to figure out maybe what's the root of your problem. Doing the same thing over and over again without changing any part of the procedure, 
that's a definition of insanity. Yep. You're never going to get a different result. <laughs> doing the same thing over and over again. Exactly. I think the biggest thing to not get discouraged is to make sure that you're playing a game that you like and a character that you like. Because if that's yeah. true, then you'll keep mm -hmm. playing regardless. If it's a chore for you, don't keep it up. Yeah. Pick something that you prefer. Um, so I think the idea of hitting a wall, I think, is something that mostly comes when people feel frustration. Mm -hmm. And if you are instead just like having a good time, you know, you're working towards a goal as well, but having a good time and doing it, you notice these walls much less. Because we're breaking through the reality is that as you're learning something, you're breaking through walls constantly. And learning a fighting game is the same way, but you don't notice most of the time because you're just enjoying yourself. Mm -hmm. you know? so, so make sure that it's something that you do enjoy. Don't set yourself some task that's going to be boring or frustrating for yourself. But I also like the idea of just trying to learn one new thing each time you play. It's something I do as well. Or, or throw yourself a little curveball in a way that you will enjoy as well. So sometimes I'll, if I feel like a, some aspect of my game is not working out, I'll just focus on that to the exclusion mm -hmm. of everything else. And that can be fun for me too. If I'm going to play in a way that I only anti-air, I never approach, only anti-air, right? Yeah. Um, that's fun because I'm, I'm having a different kind of experience and also focusing on building this skill. And, you know, just to build one thing per day doesn't mean that you need to learn something big per day. It can be, oh, today, for example, I learned this today. E-Honda's EX Butt Slam can go through Akuma's Super on reaction. <laughs> so I, did not, I didn't know that. And that's not something that's going to come up, like, almost ever. That's a very rare situation. <laughs> but I learned it, and I'm, like, happy to have learned it. And it's cool to me, and it, like, makes me want to learn more about Honda and Street Fighter V. And in Mortal Kombat, they just put a patch out. We'll talk about it in a little bit. I learned a little bit more about how some stuff works. And so it's that just kind of, like, enjoyment of playing with characters that I like in games that I like and trying to learn or try one new thing each time I play. And as a result, I feel like I don't notice when I'm breaking through walls and I haven't felt like I'm mm. gonna hit a wall in a while at this point. Yeah, uh, Katy Perry has a great suggestion out there. Try introducing yourself to different fighting games because a lot mm -hmm. of times that shakes things up. Using different characters, although I can't even do that. That's really hard because it's it's hard to break the, the, the character jail these days um, because it takes so much to learn another character. But learning another game sometimes actually helps a little bit because you won't take it as seriously and uh, it might introduce you to different concepts. The last suggestion I give is watch videos of experts using your character and pretending you're them and every time they do something and you have no idea why they do it, rewind it, watch it again and try to imagine why they did that. <laughs> and, and it'll open you up to new ideas potentially. Oh yeah, Mr. QJ, I just see what you, say, what you said. As a beginner, you play through many walls but don't notice because you don't know what you don't know. Hitting a wall is scary because you know what you don't know. Right. Uh, right. So that is to say, like, you, you are aware of your lack of some knowledge of, or of some ability. Like, it becomes known to you. Right. That, yeah, that is frustrating because then you're like, it's not that you know what you don't know. It's that you know that you don't know something. Right. You're just unclear mm -hmm. on, like, what it is. And mm -hmm. then you have the search for it. But, yeah, this kind of, like, just slow progression of trying to 
not bite off more than you can chew and try to have fun at the same time yeah. is, is a big, big part of it. I totally agree with you guys when you say that you need to talk with other people too. There's no cases of somebody becoming one of the best in the world without having a lot of time spent playing with other people and talking with other people, uh, having a training partner or something like that, or just having a Discord or a forum or whatever it is that you can talk with. That's that is super important as well, and that's and and part of why that's important is that it keeps you motivated to have somebody who wants to play also, or who can give you feedback on how to improve. Like just personal interaction, whether it's in person or if it's online, like it is right now, is really helpful for just maintaining interest in something. And if you're interested, then you'll keep pushing through. Yeah, and then also another thing is it's. I mean, people are saying like. You know, it's not that hard to jump to another character. I really wish they kept part of that Street Fighter 4 thing where different characters have different points. I really wish they did that. <laughs> you know, in, in Street Fighter 5, if you try a new character, you can lose all your points. Point, oh, rank. Oh, you mean yeah, all uh, I was like, yeah. okay, what points are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. What did I miss in Street Fighter 4? Yeah. yeah, no, ranked points. I, I miss that. I miss that aspect. It, it's it's actually a weird subconscious thing that forces you to stick with the same character in Street Fighter. 5. Well, you always had player points. Your player points were your overall right. Uh huh. Yeah. But in they Street didn't. Fighter Four. But then you're you have the secondary points for each character. Yeah. I can't wear way way more about the size of my PP than my CP or BP, whatever it's called for the characters. I wanted that four thousand PP. That was the one okay. that I cared about. So I still didn't want to pick anybody but Blanca. Like if I picked another <laughs> character, I was very sure I was picking somebody that I that I could win with. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Everybody's rank should be. What there time. are player points, guys. PP player points. Yeah, don't yeah. be weird, everybody. Yeah, don't be weirdos. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that each character should have their own rank. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be cool with me too. By the way, also plus one for Zaffarino's stream. Yes. I totally agree with mm -hmm. Dubudomo, a great person to call out who has really really good in-depth take not only on his own play like he'll look back at his matches from nlbc or whatever he did and he'll analyze it but he'll also do the same for viewers too so heads up check it out uh, he's a good fella <laughs> that is a great question doc helmet so what do you do when a game you like samurai showdown isn't playable online well you can be really pissed about it like myself and tubaware uh, also, the other thing to do is, you know, speak with the guys out there like Andy OCR and seeing if you can try to jump in on some of the Parsec servers and things like that. So Parsec is, uh, is, uh, exists out there. So, and again, the I nice thing about it is if you have the game on PS4, don't think like, oh my God, that means I have to buy it on PC so that I can play with the... The secret of Parsec is you don't actually have to own the game to play on their Parsec server. <laughs> we would hope that you did own the game, you know, to support. But if and if you have a controller that works on the PC and you join Andy OCR and his Parsec stuff, you can plug right in <laughs> and connect yep. to it without owning the game on the PC. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing you do is go on Twitter and yell at them all the time that they're not doing a good job at supporting their own game for people that paid for it. That's what I do. It sure is. How's that working out for you? Uh, so far, SNK is still shitting the bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pick a game that, that you that you like, and I think I would include, honestly, I would include Nevcode in that. Pick a game that you enjoy playing. Because the game as played is a game that is played online. That's how fighting games are right now. 
will be for the foreseeable uh, future, at least here. I so does, it has to be part of your calculation. Does anybody in I the mean, chat know? There's a way to solve this problem to some degree, but it's it's uh, not ideal. Does anybody know if Parsec works with Max? I actually don't know about that. I've never. I don't see why it wouldn't. You're remoting into another computer, right? I don't see why it wouldn't. However, I don't know for sure. Oh, okay. So someone in the chat says that they have played Parsec on Mac. Okay, so that's interesting. Okay, okay. okay. There you go. Yeah, Zeth, Parsec is interesting. But again, don't forget that you have to know the community that is running the Parsec. It's not just like, hey, I'm going to jump on Parsec and, hey, I can find matches. That's not how it works. You have to literally know someone who's running one of the Parsec servers at the time. Ask them, can I play on your machine? And then they have to add you as a friend and let and actually accept you joining the machine. It's not an online kind of like, hey, let's find matches kind of system. It is a thing where you have to know that these people are setting up the machine ahead of time. They have turned it on and they are actually running it at the time because the administrator has to actually accept people coming in and, and to regulate it and such like that. It's a little bit different. So... It's like someone inviting everybody to their house to play, as opposed to you just jumping out there and playing everybody. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. All right, you ready to move on here? Yep. yep, let's do it. Okay, cool. By the way, thank you to Antiparticle73 for the two gift subs about half an hour ago. High five. Oh, dang. Thank you very much. Thank you. We missed it. I just wanted to make sure we called it out. So let's get to other game news. There's some stuff. Some yeah. stuff happened. A lot of stuff. And Grand Blue Fantasy versus Andre or Uno came out, and there is also a patch. Tubbo, do you have any idea what nope. happened on that? Okay, cool. No, right. I'm very good. Check High five. He has Monat orbs. <laughs> I I actually watched a little bit. I I watched some folks streaming it just to see what he looked like. He's got a parry. He so he's first of all like a real small fella, but he floats constantly. Like his he is constantly floating above the ground, and you can hit him low as well when he's doing that. Uh, so anyway, it's kind of cool. But he, he's got a parry, and he has some, like, rangy-looking tools. It looked like it was kind of interesting. The folks I was watching play him were, like, unsure how good they thought he was quite yet, because he just came out today. But. I did see the video of him full parrying. Um, <laughs> what's her face? Yeah, that Justin tweeted out. Samurai, Let's go, Justin. Samurai girl. Uh, Narmaya. Anyways, Narmaya. Narmaya, there yeah. we go. David was waiting for me to say something else. I could tell. I could see the look in his eye. Anyways, <laughs> um, I did see the video of the full parry, and yeah, Justin, I tweeted out, let's yeah. go, Justin. <laughs> yeah. That was cool. Hey, it looks cool. I understand that he's not everybody's favorite pick for which character should join the game, but, you know, he seems like a cool character in the game. Yeah. I mean, How does he have two names? Just an American and a Japanese name, or... That's what I assume, dude, but I haven't looked into it myself. I'm sure people in the chat will tell us in the next yeah. 10 seconds. Yeah. A lot of, oh, U.S. name is Uno. Okay, gotcha. Got it. One of the things, though, that I saw, you know, Callisto tweeting about, I mean, obviously there was a patch that came along with it, and apparently uh, Kat got a lot of nice buffs after her initial nerfs, and so she's back to being kind of a, a stronger character again. So obviously a patch came out and definitely uh, tweaked a lot of characters there. So... That's literally my only info on it because I've seen Callisto tweeting. About it, so, yeah. <laughs> she got a little bit better. Sorry, everybody. I am no expert on this. Okay, front. so now we're getting told that Uno is the Japanese name and Andre is the American name. <laughs> wow. 
I can't believe a Mike Lee story got that backwards. That's actually very surprising. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. So MK11 also got a patch. It was pretty small, honestly. Not a lot of stuff changed. Okay. Some of the most impactful stuff is that there have been complaints, one might say, about Shiva and the oh, scene no. <laughs> lately. And about a couple of things. One is that she has an unblockable stomp. And it's got mix-ups in it, honestly. Like, it's the best that the stomp's ever been, for sure. She can delay it. If she has a certain custom gear move, she can move it side to side. Oh, she also has an option where she has a full-screen unblockable uh, ground pound, I guess you would say. She, like, hops halfway into the sky and then drops down really fast, and then that's unblockable if you're on the ground. So, you know, this combination of stuff, like, it's <laughs> definitely a set of mix-ups, and some people are annoyed by it. It's a little bit worse. Dragon Drop is now off screen for two more frames before her drop attack begins. <laughs> so they're <laughs> they're keeping it very light in terms of actually making changes to this, which I'm down with. I think that this is going to be basically like a flavor of the month sort of complaint. It'll probably always be good, but people will just be like, "Yeah, Shiva players are just doing the drop again," you know, rather than being like, "I can't believe they're doing the drop again." It's going to be like, "Yeah, of course they're doing it here." Yeah, uh, whatever. Her, her dragon stance is also really good. It's where she throws four fireballs. That was slowed down just slightly as well. It uh, doesn't have true block strings anymore, so it's a little bit worse. So there's some other stuff. Kotalkan, slight nerf, but also slight buff. Shao Kahn, slight health buff. Robocop, slight health buff. Slight uh, improvement to a couple of his options. So hmm. again, not a lot here. They're being really light with the changes like they have been the entire time. Yeah, again, it's just one of those things, right? Uh, Sheva... The reason why I've always used to say Sheva, Zangief archetypes, and Zoner archetypes are the characters that make you quit games. And the reason why, the common thing that all three of them have is that blocking is not effective against them. And you always I mean, have I to be you have to be careful with those characters a little bit. People will complain about them the most, for sure. I think Shiva is not just about it being unblockable, but about the fact that she can just do it kind of whenever. So whereas most other characters begin mix-ups at like a certain range yeah. or whatever, whatever. She's just like, I'm full screen. Stop. <laughs> I'm next to you. Right. Each time she takes a risk. Like again, it's not perfect, but it right. is good. It is good. Eh, just and make it so those stomps can't hit people while they're in the air. No, that'd be too that'll make it too weak. Nah. Never mind. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Strive. Let's talk about KOF fifteen. <coughs> the Maiton Kun trailer came out. Correct. It was Correct. better than the last one. I Much think that's better. Fair <laughs> Much better. The trailer itself shows the character in way more situations than the previous Shune trailer mm -hmm. did, where it were basically just like weird jump cuts constantly. This one was, yeah, you could definitely get a sense for how the character moves around and plays. It wasn't just the intro, it wasn't just the outro, it wasn't just yeah. the super. It was like, here's what some of the stuff actually looks like. Well, they also... Uh finally properly dropped more hints in, right? So the CD will wall splat again, like it did in KOF 14, which it didn't do in any of the other ones. They showed Mainton Kun doing an EX move outside of max mode, because remember, EXs were only tied to max modes in 14. So we learned a couple of new things about that, uh, about the game. So that's actually kind of cool. I'm really glad about that, that they actually gave us a little bit more hints on that. Also, uh, Mainton Kun, of course, is the second teammate to Shune. Tomorrow, we're supposedly getting a new trailer, which will probably be the third character who used to be Tung Fu Ru, 
uh, on in KOF 14. So I'm curious right now. Uh, yeah, I know it could just be that the max mode isn't done yet, but the game is coming out this year. I'd hope that they're done at this point. But um, yeah. curious to see. Like for me, like a lot of people are saying, maybe it's Tung Fu Ru. Maybe they're gonna put in Shang Fei in there. Maybe it's Mui Mui. Probably, I mean, because it's a Chinese team, so there's a chance that it's going to be a Chinese character. I keep saying, what if they show Tung Fu Ru, and then in the fourth week, they show another Chinese character, and then you're like, oh my god, it's back to four character teams. Because <laughs> they did say team Water construction was different, and <laughs> they haven't said how. They haven't said how. So I'm curious to see if that might happen. Well, that that was it, man. They just have EX moves. Aren't your expectations shattered, James? <laughs> Four characters. Matter of fact, seven characters for a team. Expectations shattered. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that that would be cool. That would be cool. I actually would have cool. on that if yeah. they did something like that. It would be cool. Yeah. But I, I did... Anyway, yeah, I did what enjoy did the Magic Good Trailer. Graphics? Was it cool? Did you... Uh, so, I know a lot of people don't like the graphics, right? But again, KOF... You know, is a, is a series that has a billion characters, so you know what? They're going to reuse a lot of stuff. I wish the animations were a little bit better, because like I said, the, the Shunei trailer has me a little worried about that. I do like the graphics, though. I like the fact that they're diving harder into the cel-shadedness, because I, I like it. It's a style. I'd rather have it be stylistic, and I actually appreciate that more. So while it's not the most detailed-looking thing, I think it's fine for i think it's a good look for what they want so it's I mean, like a better version of street fighter cross tekken is how it looks to me looks and sounds in terms of like the hit effect what noises. what isn't <laughs> yeah but it, it with the kind of <laughs> outlines that that game had and with the like weird noise brush that folks. It made yeah yeah i feel like it it's it is to uh, that game was not good looking, but yeah. you know what? I'm to, it's clearly better than that. I'm not trying to say I think KO15 looks like Cross Tekken. Right, Please right. Don't right. That. But I do think that it has some similarities in terms of how it looks and sounds. Just a better job. Yeah. yeah. It, it, look, like we said last time, I think the graphics are fine. It's not something that I need to be talking about either way. It doesn't suck. Mm -hmm. It's not great. The background is like not as interesting as old KOF backgrounds, but it's also not bad. It's like exactly right. It's like right I, down I the middle. It's, it's much more notable that if you compare like the combos and, and attacks from the new trailer to KOF 14 the animations are exactly the same yeah they look very similar. they are they are straight up copy paste mm -hmm. and look, again i know covid's a thing but this game has been in development for three years and you copy pasted a whole character like that's rough to me man I, and i'm i, I played mbci where they did that and i said the same <laughs> shit i was like you literally copy paste like this is not right. acceptable you can't yeah. You can't do that. And, well... It's, it's not like that's well, soundtracking for KOF, dude. That's what's... I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just whack. It's 2021. It's whack. It's terrible development. I, I will not say lazy. There's no such thing as a lazy dev. That's not true. But the tools are given and what they're told to do is whack. Yeah. It's whack that they were like, well, we got all these animations of KOF 14. Copy, paste, boys. Hurry it up. Let's go. We're crunching. We gotta copy, paste harder. Like, that's whack, man. I want if I'm buying a game, I want a new game. I don't want that old shit. The MKX, MKX and MK11, they didn't share that many animations. Because it's a quality video game. Ugh. 
I didn't say it's a good fighting game. I said it's a quality video game. It's definitely a quality video game. Within the last just few months, I have heard from Tupperware <laughs> that he now likes Street Fighter V and that MK11 is a good video game. Got him! It's a quality video game. I don't think it's a good fighting game. And he didn't say a bunch of bad stuff about grapplers during that grappler conversation, dude. Wow. Little. These past few months on Ultra Chat have made me soft. Little by little. Little by little. Oh, Oh, man. Let's talk a little bit about. The SFA2 damage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Street Fighter Alpha 2. So, confirmed that in round number two, in Street Fighter Alpha 2, the loser of round number one gets a comeback mechanic in which they will do one extra point of damage per hit. (laughs) And this is per hit, and there are some things that do a lot of hits, right? We're not talking about, like, actions. James is talking about the Patriot Circle that Rolento does where he spins his stick and it hits you a bunch of times. Each of those hits does one extra point of damage. And is that is it like 144 points of damage in total like um, other old classic games? You know, you don't know the number? I have no idea. I have no idea. Because one, one is actually pretty substantial based on the changes in Patriot Circle combo yeah. uh, damage. I mean, Saber showed so, the showed the difference in damage and, yeah, you know, there was a noticeable chunk. <laughs> definitely, definitely noticeable chunk. I mean, if you think about custom combos on top of that that are doing 40 hits or whatever, right. right totally. a lot of extra damage, man. It's double the amount, basically. Fortunately, in Alpha 2... It's not one point of damage in the sense that, like, modern games where characters have, like, a thousand or, like, <laughs> right. a million or whatever, like, it, it's yeah. actually a legit amount of damage over time. Yeah. And, and and to be fair as well too that uh, 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 I forgot what I was gonna say. Never mind. Okay, let's move on. So Alex says that he knew about this back in the day, and that uh, this has been like a, a known thing among some people. But as far as like scientific evidence for this, like a modern sort of approach, right. Saber, who's also mega old school dude. He and Vi and other people have been playing A2 a lot lately, which is really awesome to see them talking about it so much. And he actually, yeah, he went in and he like actually did the little photo evidence to yeah. make mm-hmm. make it clear that it is actually like that, which is great. So I just think this is really cool because it's it is n- newly not discovered because again, like kind of known, but like it's like a it's like a scientific study where they confirm something that you like know, like you are aware of, like somebody gets upset if you poke them too much like yeah uh, of course but like you can then quantify it and you can like hand, you know you, you can prove it in a sense i really like the idea of doing that with old games because in old games i can oftentimes remember conversations about how things worked that we just were guessing on and each of us had slightly different experiences oftentimes we were talking over the internet like on srk or on irc chat or something yeah, say irc chats yeah and we couldn't prove it we couldn't be like all right fire up the game right now i'm gonna show you right now or we couldn't be like all right check out the frame data it this is how it is we just didn't have that stuff so our conversations instead were very much like i guarantee you this is true and somebody (laughs) else is like and somebody else is like my friend joe said and you just have this back and forth all the time i made guile throw his comb (laughs) yeah yeah sometimes they just make stuff up and it sadly be- enough, that one wasn't made up. That was the magic throw. But that's okay. I would really like to apply this kind of thing to other stuff. Just yeah. 
games that other people that we all used to play just have like modern approaches. It's so cool to be able to have training mode yeah. and and semi-training mode anyway and good online play so that we can really practice stuff and find things out. It's a really cool idea, I think. Yeah, yeah. Now, does that make the game broken? Not really. I mean, Capcom has been putting little weird comeback mechanics like that in in fighting games for years now you know i mean even the original street fighter 2 i forget like the person who won the first round has some slight disadvantage i can't even remember what it was but like the developers revealed that at one point in time so it's just like that's just how it is it's it's not that big of a deal <laughs> i'd also like to mention that he, he that saber pointed out that if you go to like round four and someone's up two to one in rounds it does still apply Oh, so, interesting. Uh, so, anytime there's a tie in rounds, there's no damage ah, bonus. But if somebody has an advantage in rounds, say one to zero or two to one, then they get the damage. The, ah, the, person, the lower number gets a damage bonus. Okay. Oh, very cool. So, so it is very much a comeback mechanic. Yeah. That was intended. Yeah. I mean, it's weird to me that people like didn't know or like the Capcom never talked about that. You'd think that they would, but maybe they just didn't want people to know that that was well, a thing. Capcom was also the company that never wanted to reveal their hitboxes a long time ago, like in Street yeah, Fighter 4 yeah. Air and stuff. Capcom was really secretive about a lot of the stuff that they did because they thought that other people, I think, could steal their ideas. And it's not like Maybe, yeah. not 100% of the ideas have already been stolen anyway at this point in time. So it doesn't even matter at this point. So Shimano, it does not apply to win streaks. It only applies to the current, the current game being played. Yeah, that makes sense. Super cool to have science involved in fighting games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we were talking about it pre-show, David. I think there's a lot of old games, such as CVS 2 and Marvel 2, that could be dissected like this, and maybe the tier list wouldn't be what they are. I, I feel like there's a lot uh, even to discover in these old games. I will say that CVS 2 has already been dissected by me. <laughs> Read my 250 page system. David, what was it missing last time? You pulled it up. There are some character bios missing. There's no character oh, bios missing. That no, that wasn't it. Oh, it there, was, there is something that was missing. It was, I just wanted to know how to play a character, but it's not about that. No, it's, it's not right, about that. Like, it wasn't a character guide, and no. that's what I was looking for. <laughs> uh, okay. See, <laughs> I had all the math well, calculated in CVS2. making those character guides for CVS2, James. <laughs> but CVS2 actually has had a lot of exploration. I have seen a lot of that stuff happening. Like, I follow Gunther on Twitter, who's a old-school yeah. CVS2 player. And like was like I mean, it's it's funny because high fight is absolutely stuff up there. Yeah, high fight is absolutely right about this too. If we found out about this in a modern fighting game, everybody would be so mad right now. Yeah, what kind of garbage comeback? Yeah, you know, I, but I, I, I guess we would have every right to be mad. It's not a good mechanic, but by hit, yeah, by yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not not by combo, but by number yeah. of hits. Yeah. Like that. yeah, it's it's a terrible implementation. But you know, like I said back then, we didn't really care as much. But nowadays, like it's funny how so many people are like, "How can you play Super Turbo? It's got random damage," and like that, like barely ever affects how I feel about any results that happen in the game. Right? Yeah. It's it's weird. I don't know what it is. It's just like. We accepted a lot of these crazy things. 
<laughs> old game had old game problems. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. That's why everybody who sits there and tries to say that, you know, all the old games are so much better. It's just like, dude, I mean, when people say, like, right now Street Fighter V is terribly imbalanced because the top tier is way too good. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> That's just ignorance, dude. It's all come bad. on. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know any better. These these whippersnappers don't know. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Hey, yeah. speaking of tears and whatnot, so Will Tupac, <laughs> who's a strong player up in Europe, he has been playing Lucia a lot. Yes. And he put a tier not a put a matchup chart out for mm. Lucia. And I'm very much curious about what James thinks. Is there any way you can put this on the internet? I certainly could. Uh, do you have the link to it over here? I sure do. It's mm -hmm. right under there. Uh, there it is. Oh, right there. Okay. Got it. <laughs> oh, man. This I'm is curious. It. I'm yeah. curious. No problem. No problem. Yeah, Harry, that's what I was, I was saying. I mean, I don't know him personally, no, if that's what you're asking. I've never, mm, not that I can recall, have met him. But I've been aware of him for who knows how many what, years. Will Tupac, you mean? No, no, no. Gunther, the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Agri Geef player. Yeah, So here we go. This is... Here we go. Yes. What do you think about Lucia? She's got all these 6-4 matches. She only loses 4-6 to, to four characters. Doesn't get dunked by anybody. Honda's an even matchup. What do you think? Uh, so I am part of the Lucia Twitter group which uh, Will Tupac is also a part of. And everybody in that group is like, what the hell? Oh, yeah? <laughs> everybody in there is like, what the hell? This makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> so, yeah, for the most part, Will has just been like, this is what I believe. People are like, there's no way she beats Ed. It's like, there's no way she beats Ryu. There's no way she beats Alex. There's a, like, even like, we're like, people are going and quoting prototype or somebody going like, oh yeah, no, actually Alex definitely beats Lucia. You know, like everybody <laughs> is like, okay, your tier chart is complete whack. That's basically <laughs> what a lot of uh people have been saying that's why i've been laughing this as soon as i saw that you put this in the list i was like this will be hilarious because we've all already definitely been giving a bunch of shit for this tier list so i hope that as soon as offline events come back will tupac comes out and bodies all of you with lucia uh that's well, what i hope because I, I think i think he's pretty right uh he is definitely not right <laughs> i think this is super strong and the majority of Lucia players are down players. I, My honest opinion is that Honda and Lucia basically is even. I I beat a Honda last time. I was really surprised about that. Uh, it's not it's not as it's still an advantage for Honda. I think, in my opinion, just because he controls that range. Like for example, if I block a fierce headbutt, you know what my best punish to fierce headbutt is? Sneeze. Sweep. Sweep for 90 damage and you get to roll away is my best punish to a minus 12 move. And that is just embarrassing. <laughs> it is not a good matchup. It is not a good matchup. But uh, for the most part, Lucia is not that strong of a character. There's just, it's just, there's no way she could be that strong of a character. And James joins the ranks of down players. Because down players. the thing is, if she was that good, that means... Cammy and Karen and Colleen are all like S plus plus tier because those characters can do everything Lucia wants to do, but better. 
because that's a Street Fighter Five problem. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's just a Street Fighter Five problem, man. Oh no! I was I, I, that Honda that I played. He did a lot of heavy headbutts because I faked fireballs, and he's trying to trade with the fireball. So I'd fake it. He'd headbutt, and I'd block it, and I'd hit standing heavy punch, and it would whiff. And I'm like, I can't even hit you minus twelve with my standing heavy punch. The standing heavy punch, <laughs> and it was. Like, no. uh, you have about one or two frames of micro walk, and then you can consistently hit it with fierce. But if you don't sit down and practice that, you can't hit it at all. So basically, you're telling me you have to practice fighting games? Well, for that's a... what I've been doing wrong this whole time, James. <laughs> for oh a my two God. frame micro walk, dude. That's what you want to do? Yeah. A two frame micro walk. I, I learned how to do fucking. Crouch medium kick times two in the ultra with Blanca. You know how long that took me? That's a one frame link and it's spacing dependent. That's not a one frame it. link. For yes, it is. Blanca in Street Fighter Four. With a special move. With a special move that has There's a no five frame window activation. By ultra. the way, special Never move. Let me watch Street Fighter Four again. Oh my god. Special moves have a five-frame buffer window, so it's actually a five-frame window. Ultra does not. It it's a does. Link. It's a link. It's a link, and it's a. Sp oh, but you have an input buffer on I'm special moves. I can't believe this right now. Why is Ken's uppercut an easier punish versus Balrog's dash punch than Cammy's standing light punch? Because special moves have a buffer wi buffer window. They have an input buffer window nothing to do with combos yes it what what that's the reversal window james no that's, that's what an input window. buffer window is i'm not talking about reverse oh my never mind never mind we can argue about this later you have no idea what i'm even talking about right now i know exactly I, what you're talking about she actually hand sewed these gloves. I got new gloves. I've been waiting to show them off. We've been waiting for it. You know, James has the screen. And uh, look at this. Pretty cool, right? This is the first time I ever had gloves that anybody else has made. It's the first gloves that she's made for anybody else. So I think these are pretty nifty. I got them <laughs> right here. It's cold in Los Angeles these days. It's in the 40s. It's actually been, it actually snowed in Malibu the other day. Oh. Uh, it's cold. So I'm, I got the gloves. They're pretty cool, right? Anyway, let's get to community news. <laughs> Cool gloves, David. Thanks, buddy. Oh, man. I think they're pretty nice. Okay. Are they gloves or mittens? They're gloves. Oh, okay. Oh, mittens don't have fingers, right? Yeah. You I live mean. in the snow. Yes. Yeah, Bro, I don't, I don't wear gloves ever. I, exactly. I live in the snow. I, why do I need gloves for? I'm used to it. <laughs> all right. All right. So there's a little bit of other community news to talk about. One, Brutal Democracy Gaming is trying to come back as E-Rise Esports. So. They've already oh, failed. Was... They've already failed. By the way, that that That's account right. is gone already. <laughs> oh, okay. is it gone? Yeah. Like, it's gone. What, so what happened with that? Did they just did the owner just think he was going to pop up a new team and nothing was going to happen? Or I guess I don't That's know. So weird. It's pretty weird. Like literally, it came up and then in that day it was gone. In that day it was gone. They just changed the name of the Twitter. They didn't even bother scrubbing the old tweets. Like, oh, what? they used the same account? They used yeah. the same account! That's how everybody knew! Like, I just, I'm like, what are you even thinking? Genius! Oh, man, I wish I knew that. I would have been roasting them all day that day. <sighs> I had no idea they used the same Twitter account. 
That's incredible. And, and I on thought... Twitter account, all you had to do was look down like five tweets and somebody's like, hey, BDG family. Like, <laughs> like, like right Hey, there. by the way, I David, really how do I go about suing someone that used me as an emote without asking? Just guess, just out of curiosity. Oh, you can't. They have the right. <laughs> no, I know. I know. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. <laughs> Anyway, that, uh, that's that's wild. Attempt, I guess. So, be aware. I don't know. That's weird. Also, I want to show this off. This guy. Oh, Damn, that's right. Yes. Box. Look at my flying saucer-looking situation out here. So, this is the Ergo box, and I showed it off on stream earlier today. I'll have a YouTube video up tomorrow, or if you're watching this on YouTube, it should basically be going up at the same time. Um, That's that by Buddha Bure, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, so this is by Nicholas in Chile, uh, Burabre, and he 3D printed this, and he put all the little pieces together on it, and it's a very unique style. Mm -hmm. um, the camera's coming at a weird spot, but basically you hold it like this, more or less, right? right? Uh, and you kind of have one hand here like this. So it is like a vertical mouse right. kind of situation, but for sure, sure. Right? you're trying to keep your hands, your forearms, your wrists at a neutral position, which is less uh, harmful for your for your body. So it's supposed to be easier in that respect. And I played it for about a couple hours earlier today, and I really liked it. It's uh, it's a very unique take on things. And mm -hmm. I think the thing that's tripping me up a little bit about it is something that I'll certainly learn how to do. But right now it feels weird to press horizontally when I want to do something. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And vertically. And that's, I didn't think that that would be an issue. But uh, yeah, you know, you, you use a certain amount of pressure in pressing, pressing down because you're using gravity in part as well. You're not just right. using musculature, but with sideways pressing you have to press a little bit more like physically hmm. than you would otherwise need to it's not a lot it's just a real real small amount and the buttons are good that's not the issue it's it's just a different angle and you got to use to that right other than that like i really like the idea of it it seems really really comfortable he sent it to me to just review and let him know if i have any feedback and ways to improve it i'll be using it for the next like few days at least just to see what what else i think right. I just I haven't used it enough to have any like strong position on it yet, but I really like the idea. That is for sure. Okay. So thanks a lot for letting me test that out. It's really cool. I want to do show and tell too here. Then, by the way, so shout outs to by the way the Pocky Ko team. Uh, they sent me this. This is the Pocky Ko uh, official box of this year right now, and it's got like the sickest artwork on there. It's a box full of Pocky, so I have all the different packages. They actually did the Pocky KO broadcast this last week. Uh, this thing is actually- really? I didn't know they were still doing that. Yeah, they did one this last week. And so I got to do voiceovers for that again as well. Commentary for the matches. They had challengers play against Rob TV, who is the current reigning Pocky KO champion. Uh, the artwork is super sick on this. There's even a Lucia and Cody here on the top of the box. This is uh, Rashid and Alex. And so each of the individual packages have the different artwork on them and stuff. Wow. It's actually a really sick collector's items. I tweeted all the artwork out. So if you want to get a closer look at all the artwork, you can check my Twitter account. It's actually super cool. I'm really, really, really happy about getting that. <laughs> Are you going to eat it? 
Uh, not that box. I'll probably leave that box alone. So just to have it as a collector's item. So there you go. Cool. Cool. All right. Uh, again, what I had was called the Ergo Box. They're on Twitter as well, at Ergo Box, if you're curious. Check it out there. For other community news, um, I'm afraid some real tough stuff happened this past week. So yeah. uh, Henry Tapia, a.k.a. the bad guy, Boston Tekken player, uh, he was murdered. And it was in a potentially racially motivated hate crime. The person who ran him over with a car uh, used like a hateful epithet in doing so. So obviously terrible news. You know, my heart goes out to everybody who knew him and his friends and family for sure. There is a GoFundMe. Yeah. If you'd like to help out, I'll put that in the chat right now. Okay, I was just about to do that too. And I'll put that in the YouTube video as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's it's, really terrible. It's a frustrating situation yeah, okay. too because when you read about it, the person who committed the murder has had like just list of absolute awful driving crimes and stuff like that has had their license revoked like four times or something and obviously not a particularly stable individual and yeah so apparently they were yelling at each other and uh the person started using racial slurs and then just drove their car into them basically and a longtime member of the boston fighting game community so uh you know, shout outs to the Boston community as well. I know that it can't, this can't be something that, the, that, that they've been able to just, you know, it's got to be hard for them, dude. It's got, you know, he says in the chat right there that it's been very tough for them. So yeah, there you go. Sucks. Yeah, that's, that's super sucks. too much of that kind of stuff has been happening. And uh, other bad news in Southern California for somebody that James and I know. Uh, Denkadias has been a player in Street Fighter, Tekken and stuff for the last several years. Really good guy, super nice guy. Uh, unfortunately, his father passed away from COVID just the other week. And, uh, you know, uh, that's just awful news. Um, LA County has had more than a million confirmed cases. And we have had something like somebody dying once every 15 minutes for some of these days in our county okay it's right just terrible um and unfortunately his his father in socal is is one of them so there's a gofundme for his family as well and i'll put that also in the chat and i will also put that in the youtube video too yeah again you know he was one of those the, the younger generations newcomers two years ago at capcom cup yeah. was second place in the qualifiers for Capcom Cup. Remember, only losing to ZJZ in there. He found Wednesday Night Fights because uh, he just lived in the area, I believe, and his parents were like, oh, okay, go ahead and check this out. And they just walked in, and he's become one of the best Dalsum players, certainly the best V-Trigger 2 Dalsum player that I've, mm. that I've ever seen. And his parents were always super supportive of what he did and yep. were really, really happy and they loved that he found this hobby and made these friends and were doing these cool things and so absolutely huge tragedy so if you can help out Dankadias, uh please do please do yeah certainly i mean you guys have already said everything but yeah that sucks man 
That really sucks. Yeah. It's a tough time in a lot of ways, and this kind of thing is still happening. It's happening to way too many people, and unfortunately, there have been some instances of people in the FGC who it happens to too, right? We're not, uh, we're, we can't escape the world in any in any way. Yeah. Same kinds of things that are ha affecting everybody else are affecting us, and this is one of those. Both of these last two little little bits of news here, um, terrible stuff. So condolences to everybody, friends and family. Hearts go out to them. And uh, support the GoFundMe's if you can. All right. all right. That's all I had for community-specific news. Yeah, we were going to do... So we did the uh, the last episode of the year was a UCTV mailbag episode. And uh, a lot of people said they really, really enjoyed that and were hoping it would become a regular thing. So... Uh, we figured that we would turn this into a regular thing at the end of every show, yeah. but I don't know if people want us to do full shows on it or would rather have us do it this way, but we're going to try it this way for the first time. So there you go. The mailbag. So this is differentiated from the five, five matchup in a couple ways. One FGC, one uh, five, five matchup is just on FGC related stuff. Ask us questions about games, community, how to do things in games, right? you know, the kind of stuff we were just mentioning earlier mm -hmm. with the 5-5 five, five matchup. And we'll let people vote on which ones we will talk about. The mailbag is whatever questions that we get sent that we want to handle. And <laughs> it's non-FGC related stuff. It's like yeah. anything else that you'd like to talk about. Again, That's we... Anything. Yeah, maybe you. I, there's some limits for me. <laughs> but in general, like, yeah, basically ask whatever you want. I didn't say I would answer anything. You can oh, ask me anything. I'm not okay, going to answer you. Go. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. Fukutabasai asks, how much Pocky could Rob TV eat in one sitting if he had 100 packs of delicious Street Fighter-themed Pocky, Jane? <laughs> Shoutouts to Fugu, by the way, who uh, was one of the ones who let me know and tweeted about, you know, the, the, the broadcast and everything like that. Um, uh, how much Pocky could Rob TV... Rob TV could eat as much Pocky as Rob TV could eat while he could tweet and eat the sweet treat. There you go. Quite a feat, buddy. <laughs> By the way, he got I'm three. Trading. I'm not trading in on this. <laughs> he, he he got three Pocky KOs against his competitors, so congratulations to him. So there you go. Mm, nice. <laughs> the next mailbag question from Ms. Nabs at that nab. What's your favorite breakfast? Ooh. We're getting into the hard hitting stuff here. This is the mailbag, folks. Well, this is a tricky oh. one because breakfast is just delicious. There's a lot of good stuff for breakfast. <laughs> I mean, does a breakfast burrito with all the things I want jammed in it, does that count? Of course. Yeah. That's breakfast. And I want a breakfast burrito with, like, bacon, ham, eggs, and, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, biscuits and gravy all inside the, the burrito. That sounds, that sounds so good. <laughs> what did I, you I love come up with? But I don't want to just say my favorite breakfast is business and gravy. No, wanna, it's also a breakfast burrito surrounding the biscuits and gravy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because I also want to say eggs and bacon and ham. And, but, you know, I feel like that's naming more than one thing. That's unfair. But if I call a burrito with all that shit inside of it, then we're good. That's just one meal. So that's that's what I'm going to go with. All right. What an answer. What, a, what do you got, James? Uh, EX Dragon Punch. That's what's for breakfast. <laughs> Get it? <son. laughs> no. Uh, 
I mean, honestly, it's hard to go wrong with any form of eggs because eggs are delicious. But uh, yeah. oh, gosh, you know, pancakes, banana pancakes, uh, eggs. I mean, I would probably say, you know, pancakes are weird because when pancakes aren't good, they grow old very fast. But when pancakes are amazing, pancakes are amazing. And uh, like I went to one place, oh, I can't even remember the name of the restaurant, but it's in the Grove. It's really, it's, it's, it's in the Grove. It's, it's one of the restaurants that's in that little shopping area right in front of it that was rated as one of the best pancake places. Oh, yeah, I remember that place. In, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I went there with a friend and we ate the pancakes and we were like, these are the best pancakes we've ever had. So when pancakes are right, oh, they're probably one of my favorite breakfast items for okay. sure. Yeah. Have you been to the griddle? I have not. I have not been to the griddle. No, 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 no. I need, griddle. I need to Here's go. the thing about the griddle is that the pancakes that it gives you, they come on nice big plates, right? Uh-huh. And when they come to you, they're stacked like several high. Uh -huh. And each one of those bad babies is hanging over on the edge probably a good two to three inches of this huge plate. I've never been there with somebody who has finished a plate of pancakes. <laughs> And then you take them home and you're like, I'll have them for the breakfast the next day. And they're just never good the next day. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're Pancakes cannot be reheated. No, they yeah. cannot. No. Um, my answer is a lox bagel sandwich. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it because how dare not you? Not because I'm a racist, but because <laughs> we were at a tournament one time. You walked up to me with a lox bagel and I was like, what the hell is that? And you educated me on what the hell lox was. Were we in Chicago? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it makes sense because every time I'm in Chicago or in New York, I try to get me a good bagel and a good bit of there you uh, go. sandwich on it. Yeah, I, in fact, we got bagels downstairs right now. There you Locked go. Bagel sandwich with some nice dark black coffee. That sounds so good, actually, right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just got eating, man. <laughs> I did. That's true. <laughs> Oh. Shout out to Ulysses GG. Yeah, you toast the bagel if they're like day two or three bagels. Day one bagels, you don't need to. They're just so good by themselves. Yeah, but it, once they get a little bit tougher, you you toast them. For yeah, sure. It's interesting because I actually really, really like just toasted bagels because I like crunch. I like crunchy stuff. So A good bagel should be crunchy on the outside just a little bit oh, and right. also soft inside i've yeah. i've never i've never had like a fresh new york bagel so i can't comment on this i've only had the bag stuff or like dunkin donuts if you want to count that i don't that's yeah. the bag stuff i mean look bagels are ba like i buy the bag stuff sometimes from like trader joe's or whatever that's i'm not going to be a, a moron about it but Definitely a good bagel is a different story. And anyway, that's my answer. All right. I mean, when me and when me and David went to for the twenty fifth anniversary tournament to commentate Street Fighter Cross Tekken, that was I think the first time we were both in New York and we both went to go grab a bagel in the morning. And they say that New York bagels hit differently and like both of us were just like, This is like the most amazing bagel ever. <laughs> I I've been to New York many times and oh, okay, had, okay. Had bagels there. But I knew that they were the best. Oh, okay, okay. The, the Los Angeles in me does not want to give props to New York unnecessarily, but I must give props to New York that they have the best bagels. Okay. All right, we move on for real this time. Paraclete asks, who are your, what are your favorite sports and associated teams? Uh, football, hockey, basketball. Don't uh, name all the sports. That's what I like. Uh, 
Bulls, Bears, and Blackhawks, all Chicago. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's L.A. Lakers, right? So that's basketball. And I know David's, but I'll let David say it. So My answers are the Anaheim Ducks and the California Golden Bears in football. Those are my two. Secondarily, it would be the Washington Capitals because I went to school in D.C. and our school was really close to the then Verizon Center. I think they changed the name by now. But so I went there a ton. Like we went to go watch hockey games all the time. It was super cool. Hockey and college football. All right, we move on. Pericles also asks, who is your favorite non-esports commentator? I like this question. There's only boy free. What's that? That's, oh, not esports. I was thinking non-FGC. No, no, not no. esports. Oh man, I actually had to think about that for a little bit. I mean, there's only actually, one. Actually, you know what? Go ahead. Go ahead, James. No, go I was ahead. just about to say there's only one answer, and that's true for everybody. Because if you don't say Chick Hearn of the Los Angeles Lakers, you're wrong. That's just that's just it. Chick Hearn, Los Angeles Lakers, best commentator in the history of the world. There you go. I, I didn't ask for the best. He asked for your favorite. My favorite, I, I take it back, is Booger McFarland. Because <laughs> no matter what, he makes every other commentator on earth look incredible. Oh, man. James is looking like, who the hell is Booger McFarland? Yeah. That's, look oh, that's actually his name. Well, it's not literally, but that's what he goes by. Yeah, that's what he and goes I'm by. I'm thankful for that every time I hear or read his name. <laughs> It's just it's a gift. It's a gift of a name. It's one letter away from Booger McFartland. Oh, it's, what? it's so great. It's so great. Anyway, uh, he's real bad. So he he's does the worst. He's, he, he, I mean, he got fired from commentary. He does other stuff now, but he should have never have had that job ever. He was just, <laughs> oof. he was so bad that like it went, it went from so bad that it's good to watch to back to being, I can't watch it. Yeah, so it's bad. just really bad. Yeah, it's just awful. So, My answer is Gary Thorne, uh, who I watched on ESPN back in the 90s and early zeros when the NHL was on ESPN. Imagine <laughs> that. It, it, was, it was so good. He, uh, I mean, he's still, I think he's still doing it. I just don't watch, I think he's a baseball guy. I don't really watch baseball. Um, but his voice is so good and he paints pictures extremely well and he never stumbles over himself and he's like very inventive i just think he's like the best combination of stuff and he did it for the sport that i love the most yeah. right yeah also everyone's wrong chick hearn r.i.p chick hearn <laughs> <laughs> i mean the craziest thing about it is is that all the terms that you know in basketball were all invented by chick hearn Fast break, slam dunk, you know, all these terms were all invented by him. He used to do, he was one of the only people who would do radio and TV at the same time because it was so. Wait a minute. James, you're saying this guy invented all this stuff, all this terminology, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Who does that sound like, James Chen? I don't know. I don't know, dude. I, does I that mean... sound like James Chen, James Chen? <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you trying to say that you're also, are you the chick hern of the FGC, James Chen? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Tell James the first nice thing you said about yourself in a long time. I appreciate it. I'm definitely on board. Yeah, for sure. Oh, man. There you go. Okay. Gary, Gary Thorne ended up getting fired. Is, is, my, is my commentary hero 
Did he do bad stuff? I don't know anything about it. Stuff. It's not a gamer word. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Oh, man. Okay. All right, all right. We also have a question also from Paraclete, who really took up a lot of space here. What's your board game tier list? I'm not a nerd. I haven't played enough board games to, to rank them. But King of New York and King of Tokyo are both pretty dope, so they're like S tier to me. So, oh, Secret Hitler also S tier if you count that as a board game. Yeah, I don't know if that's a board game. I, I, I mean, there's a board. I grew up playing board games, so my response is definitely going to be a lot more old school. Uh, I grew up as a huge fan of things like Clue, Monopoly, Risk, you know, the classics and stuff. Of the modern stuff that I've played, I mean, me and my friend uh, bought uh, Dead of Winter, which actually turns out to be an amazing board game. That game's really fun. Uh, but for me, yeah, I mean, if I had to name one, it would probably be Clue. If, you know, you wanted to play a board game that was the Mario Party slash Mario Kart, uh, you can't find it anymore. It's so old. It was a game called Survive. It's been renamed into something else and toned down considerably. But it was one of the most uh, make enemies and, and make friends hate each other board games that I've ever played. Where you basically were 40 people split 10 people on each team on an island that was basically sinking one hexagon at a time. And uh, there were oh. sea monsters in the ocean and you had to get your people on the boats to get to the corner islands. And so all you do is sink the land pieces that your friends are standing on to put them into the water so that they had to get on the boats. But then you would roll the die and move a shark to eat the person or a sea serpent to kill the boat or the whale to hit a boat and turn them all into swimmers. Dude, it was just like... We had to play it the nice way because of my bad temper. So, like, oh, when yeah. we were kids, we all had to play, like, almost as a cooperation game because I would get so mad whenever anybody killed me. <laughs> yeah, I play games just like that, but it's always cooperative. Oh, yeah? Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I play games like, me and Saltine has a big uh, game board collection. So, before COVID, I would go to his house and we'd get drunk and play board games. That's awesome. So... I like I, I never remember what they're called though. Like I kind of just play in the moment. It's not like I'm gonna get good at whatever this game is, and I'll show Ben next time. It's like <laughs> it's casual, so I can't like give like a real tier list. But I have actually played, I don't know, probably like twenty or thirty different board games in my life, which I feel like it's a decent yeah. number. I don't know. I don't know what the board game amounts are supposed to be. There was me neither. Me and my brother used to do things like. We would get all of our toys, like our Transformers and our He-Man figures, and we would pretend that they were... So we would play, like, actual eight-player Monopoly with a, or six-player Monopoly, whatever the max is, with our Transformers and He-Man, and we would make them act like the way that they're supposed to. Like, so Optimus Prime, like, a Decepticon never made the deal with him. And <laughs> so it was actually really fun. <laughs> Nerds. Oh, yeah. I don't have a ton of experience in board games. One of my good friends in college was a real big board game player, so we played a lot. We played a lot of diplomacy. He was a big diplomacy dude. In mm. fact, he went to the world championships for diplomacy. Wow. And that was cool. Yes. I mean we we played. That was a lot of fun. We my family and I played Risk a lot. Yeah. I understand that there's a lot of luck in that game, clearly, but like it was still cool. It's a game of strategy, man. That's what it says on the box. <laughs> My friends and I play Catan. 
before COVID, we would go down to one of the bars in downtown LA, which has a bunch of board games in it. It's a super cool nerd bar, basically. And they, they have their own brewery there. So oh, we're cool. like trying out new beers and and playing board games. It's it's a lot of fun. That sounds amazing. Of, it really is cool. But I don't have a lot of experience otherwise, to be yeah. honest. All right. Is that all or do we have more? We got one more. We got one remaining one. Who will win? Godzilla or King Kong? I have feelings about this. So Who first of all, win? I want to address one thing before we get into our answers was that the original King Kong versus Godzilla, the rumors, well, the, the story is that King Kong won in the US release and Godzilla won in the Japan release. And uh, there actually is no difference. There's only the version that King Kong wins. There actually is no version that Godzilla wins. So uh, that is one thing I wanted to address really quick. But what's your opinions on this? Oh, I don't know if you guys have been following the, the monster universe, but I've yes, seen I have. I've seen all the movies. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited too. for Godzilla vs. Kong. However, Godzilla has a sense of being. Godzilla falls into the sea and he gets fully healed up again. So I feel like kaiju movies generally don't have a very deep plot. I think King Kong kicks his ass. I think really, yeah, I think King Kong bodies. I, I, I like in real life. I think the I think Zilla wins in this movie. I think King Kong kicks his ass, and then the real threat shows up. You know, he uppercuts Zilla into the water. He falls in the sea. Oh, I'm the best. I win. Uh, then all of a sudden, the real threat shows up, the thing that's been pissing off Godzilla. Godzilla comes out of the water like, all right, you, I like you. You kicked my, you kicked my butt. We're going to be teammates now. And then they go fight the new threat and win. And that's because kaiju movies don't have a deep plot. It's, you are definitely right. What's going to happen is that it will be Godzilla versus King Kong for like two-thirds of the movie. And in the trailer, King Kong has like an axe that absorbs the atomic breath. Like yeah. <laughs> And so, yeah, I think I think that there, it's going to be like force of nature, unthinking beast, Godzilla, versus human-like great ape King Kong who outsmarts his opponent with yeah. tools like an axe or whatever. But then two-thirds through the movie, ah, they put King Ghidorah back together, or actually Mecha Godzilla is here. Right. Like some well, I mean, they did say like look at each other and be like, "We better handle this." Like, yeah, they be- did say that one will definitely win, but yeah, you're yep. right that they could probably have one of them win three fourths through the movie or whatever like that. So. Yeah, that's. I mean, I I think it's just the fact that Godzilla gets healed by the sea itself. Yeah. And what remember, does King it's, Kong suddenly be healed by? It won't. He can't be. lose. Like he has to win that fight handily. Well, yeah. I think. I think in this one. I think in this series, it's that he needs. He needs like radiation to heal. It's not. It's not just it? being underwater. Oh, it's. It's yeah. like. Remember, they like set off a nuclear bomb next. to yeah, Spoilers yeah. for the recent uh, movie. With the movie uh, that came out four years ago. Four years ago. Oh, it was a four already. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, they set off a nuclear bomb next to him, so he like. Right. Yeah. Returns. So he, he can regenerate, but I don't think it's the sea itself in this. Anyway, yeah, I think that it's probably going to be Kong. And then... They already painted him out to be the hero, right? That they're recruiting Kong to stop Godzilla. So, I mean, it already... Well, they, they said they don't know why Godzilla is attacking. 
They're like, we have no idea. Because they they established that Godzilla, A, wants to protect people, and B, has no interest in hurting them whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like, the first two movies established that. Right. So now they're like, we have no idea why Godzilla's attacking us, but how do we beat a big monster? Gotta get a big monster, you know? So that's, like, the the logic there. But that's that's why I think a bigger enemy is coming. I think that's what's triggering Godzilla to to be the way he's being. that sounds about right. I agree with you. Also, King Kong is like ten times the size that he was in the previous time he showed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, he was a baby in the old, in the other movie. Is that the lore? Is that he supposed to have been a baby? Well, they, when they when they found him, I think Jack Black or not Jack Black, uh, some character is like, yeah, yeah, like this is this guy's only a baby. Like all of his predecessors, like their bones were way huger than yeah, than yeah. Kong. They they intentionally made it to establish that King Kong in Monster Verse was se- severely larger, so that he way could act. So that he could right. actually fight. Yeah. He can't climb a building. He's just as tall as the building. <laughs> anyway, there you go. That's our thoughts about Godzilla versus King Kong and everything else. So send us mailbag questions, everybody, as well as 5-5 five, five matchup questions. You can put those in the YouTube video as well, and we'll collate them and put them in here too. Tom Cruise, wrong cinematic universe. <laughs> That's the other monster cinematic universe. Oh man! All right, well, I'm we did it, boys. Monsters are gonna go boom. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be big great. old kaiju. Can't That's wait. All I want. Sometimes I go back and watch Pacific Rim or Pacific Rim Two. Cause man, it, I watched that in the hospital a couple weeks ago. Can you <laughs> believe them? Right? That's cool. Yeah, can you cool. believe that I've never seen Sometimes any I go of the? Back pac- and watch. In fact, just the other day, I went back and watched the trailer specifically of Godzilla with the Claire de Lune trailer of uh, music on it, because that trailer is such a masterpiece, if only the actual movie had music like that. I haven't actually seen Pacific Rim yet. Can you believe that? You should rent it, James. You should find it and watch it and rent it or whatever. Yeah, I think it's good. It's cool. They go boom. The sequel is not is good, but the the first one is a standalone movie all on its own. It's fantastic. All right. We'll try this again. Birds! All right. Thanks, guys, for watching. Oh, wait. I forgot to also do this because I can. Robot jocks. Coming soon to theaters near you <laughs> robot i was so hyped for robot jocks man <laughs> i was too <laughs> <laughs>